Hi. Hello. Welcome. To. It bears repeating. And it does. Another RuPaul's Drag Race recap show. I'm Tom. And I'm Tiffany. And today we'll be talking about RuPaul's Drag Race season 10, episode 8, the unofficial Rusical. It is episode 8. See, I wasn't sure. Uh, also, Cher is nowhere to be found in this title of the episode. Oh. Isn't that bizarre? That is bizarre. What is the official episode title? The unofficial Rusical. Oh, maybe they didn't even want a chance well, here's the thing. We have talked about Cher. We've had so many Cher adjacent people on this show. This is true. Where is Cher? Why won't, is she busy tweeting? What is the tea? I don't understand why Cher won't be on the show. It literally doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think it makes any sense. How was your week, Tiffany? It was good. How was yours? Okay, so I have two stories I'm going to share before we start talking about Drag Race. So you guys, that's up. Okay, I'm ready. You need to hold on. The first one is not the announcement I made on Twitter, which scared Tiffany because I um, didn't tell her before I had said that. She was like, what are we doing? And I thought, oh, I should really communicate before I post on our joint social media accounts about things. But I promise this journey journey is going to be worth it. But first, let me start that I had a nightmare this week. Oh, no. So... I've been listening to I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Oh, I forgot that you're listening to that. And so for those of you who don't know, it's a true crime novel about the East Area Rapist, the Golden State Killer, whatever you want to call him. Anyway, great book. Very interesting. Very creepy because she basically recounts all of these people's experience with the East Area Rapist or the Golden State Killer, uh, like survivors. And then she tells the stories of people who maybe didn't survive. And it's just, it's a lot to take in. You can all sleep easy, though, because he has been caught. The alleged killer is in custody, right? He was 100% DNA match. Okay. So it's definitely him. So it's, I'm still going to say allegedly because last thing we need is a lawsuit on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> and so I try to hold myself to the rule where I don't listen after 4 p.m. to the book because... Who knows what will happen? But it turns out this rule did not help me at all. So I had a dream where I was being put under because they were going to do a transplant on my leg. In what? the dream, I woke up while they were sawing off my leg. And it was the most terrifying dream I've had in a very long time. What I'm assuming is my leg just fell asleep while I was sleeping and my body was like, hey, Tom, you gotta, you gotta come too. There's something wrong. But I think they could have, my, my subconscious could have told me this in a better way rather than. That's um, real rude. Yeah. It's, it's just, I wish that that wasn't the way it was. The message was sent to me. I also had an East Area Ravens dream this week. Oh, go, go ahead and share if you'd like. Not to steal your thunder. Oh, no. no um, there's no way you can steal my thunder with my so next story. <laughs> I'm very invested in this case because I'm a true crime nut outside of my interest in RuPaul's Drag Race. I had a dream that the Golden State Killer was my dad. <laughs> and I had to fight and find him and you track him down. Him. And it was, like, very devastating. But he was also trying to, like, hunt me down. But I knew it was my dad. I don't know. It's like spy versus spy. I don't know what that means. I don't. It can't be good. If you analyze dreams at all, please holler at us. Let us know what's going on with us. (laughs) Are we dying? What's happening? Thanks. Yeah, that's all we need to know. Okay. 
So right. I'm gonna I'm about to tell I'm gonna take you guys on a saga. So don't worry, there will be a time note when the episode actually starts in the notes below. Just follow it if you hate stories that are unrelated to this. But stay with me, folks. So um, my birthday is nowhere near happening. It's not until October, but stay with me. I did know that. Yes. Okay. So my my friend wanted to buy me tickets to something, but the tickets went on sale today, not during birthday. So it's for my birthday. Okay. However, the internet works enough. in a very strange way. I like it. I'm really digging it, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany has her hair up under the <laughs> headphones, and it's kind of like this pebbles from the Flintstones kind of jam thing happening Feeling on the top it. of her head. Anyway, so the internet's the the internet's weird and like you know, have you ever like wanted to buy tickets for a show but they were like you can only do pre-sale if you're fan verified and you have to like go through this process to become uh-huh. fan. Yeah, I've done that. So we both did it for this artist cuz we both like them, but the tickets were for me. Please keep that in mind. And Kristen was like, "I'm going to torture you because you've never had an experience where you've like had a mental breakdown at a concert." And I was like, "Okay." So she doesn't have a desktop. These tickets had to be purchased on a desktop computer. That is what Ticketmaster told us. And she's like, I don't, I don't have one. So you have to buy the tickets. So therefore, if there was any, if it was supposed to be a surprise, it wasn't. So okay. she was like, buy this level of tickets. Let me tell you about these level of tickets. It's a meet and greet with the person. Who is the fucking person? Listen, I will tell you after I tell okay. you about the saga. All right. Because that is the important... We're building up the story here. Okay. I'm not a very good storyteller, but I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to leave you suspense. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, like, build the moment here. Because it's all... I swear it's all worthwhile. And you all will make so much fun of me when I get to the end of this story. So, I have to go on. And so then I have to, like... At 10 o'clock this morning, I had to, like, find the tickets. And I have never... <laughs> You never T- bought concert tickets? Well, I have, but the last time I bought concert tickets, it didn't have a countdown. Oh. So now it's like a countdown and you just don't have to refresh yeah, or anything. I, I used to, I had to play the like refresh, 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 Oh, no, refresh. no, no. We've come a long way, baby. I, ooh, uh-huh. Also, also, you used to like, from a drop down menu, pick the level of tickets you mm-hmm. wanted and go from there. Well, you don't do that anymore. You have to like find them in the section and mm-hmm. the seat. And that was very stressful for me. I didn't know what I was doing and my hands were shaking because I was excited about the opportunity to meet said person who I haven't said said yet. So 10 minutes in, I think I'm out because that's a long time. The tickets went on 10, sale at 10, it is now 10, 10. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get these stupid meet and greet tickets. I even want to do it to be with, I like that whole thing running to my head. It's like, if I didn't win, I never even wanted to do this. It was so stupid. I get the tickets and I start laughing and I start crying. Because your girl is about to meet Sean Mendes. <laughs> and so I'm crying and I'm laughing and I'm like, this is too strong of a reaction. So I, I need you guys to keep in mind that I didn't do NSYNC and I didn't do Backstreet Boys. So I never had this like... This feeling. Okay, I really like Sean Mendes and like... A very guilty pleasure way. So much of a guilty pleasure that the last Sean Mendes album that came out, I bought in cash at an exchange. So Kristen and no one else would know that I had it. Got it into my got it into my computer, burned it onto and made sure it was on my phone, and then I hid the CD so like no one would know about it. And then my dumbass said to her one day, I was like, Oh, I've owned this album for like four weeks. And she was like, You bought this? I was like, with cash. 
I because I'm very embarrassed about it. I don't like that I like want... the FBI is gonna come for you. I don't like that I like Shawn Mendes, but he's a very talented musician. Listen, I love that first single, whatever it's, it was. I was in my obsessed blood. with it's it. So good. Listen, Stitches is a great song. Stitches. All of the songs that he has released thus far have been really great. He and had I... that cl- the um. You know what I I liked also. I liked uh. Know what you did? I know what you did last <laughs> summer. That's cool. Like no one does songs like that anymore. Like those weird duets. Like nobody wants to be lonely with Ricky Martin and Christina Aguilera. I love that too. <laughs> that was awesome. So I, first of all, the one, one fun fact about I can't this... believe. <laughs> Guys, I swear to fucking God, I am not. I'm not proud that I was so excited that I cried and like shook whenever it happened. I was fully listening to a podcast and I could not hear it anymore. That like my blood pressure rose and I was so. Okay, so like. I get to meet him. You're really going through it. And I, <laughs> I first of all, don't, what do you say? I don't know. He is a very attractive young man, but he's so, he's a child. <laughs> he's like not even 20 yet. It's embarrassing. It is very embarrassing. He is 19 though, so it's legal. It's fine. And when we get married, it's going to be great. And I'll invite you all to the wedding and I will <laughs> fully use his money to pay for you to get there. It's fine. We'll live in Canada, so you'll all have to come across the border that's it's fine. Totally I'll get my passport now. Fine. But I am very excited and I know that it's ridiculous, but it I It doesn't matter if it brings you joy. Who gives a yeah. fuck? So Kristen bought the tickets, my best friend, my BFF, and she was like, There's your next two birthday presents. And I was like, You're welcome. Yeah. I was like, Thank you. That is fine with me. But here's the tea. The meet and greet with Sean Mendez was half the price of my Beyonce ticket to be in the beehive. So I just want you to be aware of the level of fame is much different from Beyonce to Schmendez. As it should be. Yeah. Okay. We have two things we would like to discuss before we get on to the episode. I can't believe that's it. <laughs> my special announcement. I was that like. I, it brings me joy. That's true. And I it, just, like, don't think I fully understood where your love level was oh, for this dude. Oh, no, I love him. He's, like, he's the background on I mean? my phone. And it's he not, is? It's yeah. not Aja anymore? No, it's Sean Mendes. Look at, uh, first oh. of all, hold on. Let me, let me clear all of the notifications. <laughs> clear. Clear. Here we go. He, I mean. He looks good. I get it. His shirt's unbuttoned. He's leaning back with his hand on his forehead. I'll post the picture on our Instagram so you guys get a full <laughs> Well, idea. I really like him, and it's stupid. I think his music's amazing. If you write fan fiction where Tom and Sean Mendes end up together, we'll read it on air. <laughs> you have to read it. It'll be a mini. Be it'll blushed. be a mini sode. I swear to God, <laughs> I will read it in full on air if anybody is willing. Okay, let's move on. Sorry. I'm so sad that you didn't experience this sooner in life. It's so much fun. Like oh, it's just fun. Well, yeah, but I okay. Like when I went to see Beyonce, it was like a whole thing. But she's a woman, and like that's like a spiritual. Experience. Oh yeah, that was like, like going to different. church. It was yeah. Okay. But but what I'm trying to say is like I have gone to concerts where I very much love the artist and have had a good. But time. But that's like significant love. This is just like. It's like silly, like crush. Yeah, I like, exactly. I get butterflies whenever like I think about it. I'm very nervous, and but I have a year to become suitable <laughs> as a suitor for him, and hopefully by th- <laughs> hopefully by then he's dropped this Haley Baldwin bullshit, this beard nonsense. He was she- at Met Gala. Did you see that? Uh, yes, I did see that, but I did not care about her. Also, she looks like the Baldwin, so she looks like a man. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, he, have you seen him move? Have you seen? Listen, I haven't ever seen. First him of all, actually, I use was watching. So, 
Okay, I'm going to send you some links. But I have... I always say the internet brings me things. I don't seek them out. Like, you don't have to look for things on the internet anymore. It just finds you. No, no, no. It finds you. So, fun fact. I actually was so embarrassed that I went, like, I didn't follow Sean on Instagram because I didn't want him to show up in my Discover feed because that's not what I'm interested. However, on my Twitter, the couple Sean Mendes things came to me. One was he was being interviewed by a man. The man asks him, shamelessly, if he can smell his armpits. Like, so this man just... Sticks his nose into Sean Mendez's armpits. And I was like, what is that? First of all, why is that interviewer asking? But two, why is yeah, Sean Mendez bold. letting him? That's bold. And then in another clip, someone took out a ruler and they measured his tongue, and it is very long. <laughs> but these are like the random things I know about Sean Mendez. Okay, it's fine. Moving on. How long is his tongue? Oh, I don't remember. Okay. I, was just, I was just curious. It's He has really big hands and feet, and he's very tall. Well, you know what that means. Um, Yes. Big socks. Not at all like the East Area rapist. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this all took a turn. We listen. I had to bring it full circle. Okay, moving on. Fairy berries. Great. It has been brought to our attention that maybe not all of us use Facebook. And recently we've understood that Facebook has come under fire for doing some shady ass things. True. So if you are part of our Facebook group, we are ta- we are in the talks of moving away from a Facebook group onto another platform. Tiffany and I would like to do this because we both don't really like using Facebook, but we love the Facebook group and interacting with you guys there. And so um, one of our listeners, I can't remember her, Mia, dying, yes. dying breed on Twitter. Twitter. Mm-hmm. She had mentioned that we can make a private subreddit. Or we can find another platform. So if any of you fairy berries know a good way to take this and we can transition slowly into a new platform where we can all interact together, including those of us who don't use Facebook, that'd be lovely because I, I personally would like to delete the Facebook app from my phone, but I haven't because I love like being in touch with everyone. Does that make sense? Are you following? Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if anyone knows anything good, just let us know. We'll figure it out. We can make, I want to make sure whatever it is, it has to be like something where it's private and we have to know who you are before you come in. And I only want to keep it that way because I, it could get very out of control if it grows into right, like a public not, thing. Yeah, it could just end up full of nonsense. And then, of course, if we can't find anything, then, you know, we'll just, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But like we like love it. We love the right. Facebook and I want to so retain the and, feeling of it that we have right now. Yes, but I just don't want to exclude people who maybe don't want to. Yeah, don't Facebook, use Facebook. Right. And I understand that. I know a lot of people who don't want to use it. Got it. So if you have any suggestions, we're definitely open to hearing them. Yes. Also, another thing to know is that next week we don't know when our episode will be up, but it won't be up this date usually is because tiffany is living her life she has a million things going on we're both she's busy. i literally don't want to do anything you guys but i have a bunch of stuff to do next week i I do want to say um josh and i's one year anniversary is next week so i don't want to act like i'm not excited about that because that's cool or whatever but (laughs) it just so happens we have a lot going on that weekend Related, unrelated, and we're seeing Ben de la Creme we're on seeing Sunday. Ben de la Creme, which means we'll have images of our new yes. merch by the end of this week. Yes, so it'll be really exciting. We'll post a whole whole lot from the show. I'll take some video. <laughs> we'll really share cute. it with everybody. Tiffany will because I'm terrible at doing things when I'm in public. It's I'll do it. Yeah. Um. Also, you're doing the meet and greet. Yes. 
Okay, I'm doing the meet and greet as well, so we'll share our experiences and photos from that as well. Of course. I'm sure Ben will be lovely. Uh, I mean, who? I'm not doubting that at all. No. Uh, there's quite a few local queens that are opening the show for oh, her. Oh, who are? Do you know who they are? So I have, not off the top of my head, I can probably look it up real quick. Uh, Lola LaCroix is who hosting hosts it. at Vane for these events. And you've po- posted her on our Instagram before, haven't you? I believe you? so. Yeah. And I've seen her perform before as well and she's awesome so it'll be good to see her again and then there's a bunch of other local queens that are going to perform after so in addition to little LaCroix we're gonna have Dixie Sherwood Anesthesia Ramon Alora Chateau and Kitty Klotzlot and Sherry Turner I don't know any of those hopefully I said all that correctly uh kitty clots a lot and dixie sherwood i have seen before and they're both great kitty clots a lot in particular does like really funny themed lip syncs oh, that's exciting a lot so like sometimes they're a little political or there's like a shtick in it like yeah. maybe it's we can super good. we'll do a repost where if we don't get videos of everyone we'll just repost their social media so everyone can see get what we yeah we want to show support local drag right absolutely it's what we're here for so it'll be really cool i know that lola she's like a she's a superstar yeah in our city and she knows all the drag race girls and i know that she's been auditioning for drag race recently as well so that's exciting it would be fucking dope i say that like we haven't had pittsburgh queens go on the show and i win. know but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's always nice to have local local people go in absolutely all right before we get into the episode we want to show love and support by sharing your love and support for us so we have two reviews we'd like to read tiffany what do you have over there so cole one two two three 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 that's our cole. cole yes right? our, yes <laughs> We own him. No, <laughs> I know Cole. We yes. know Cole. He's he's the reason I started watching Dragula, so props to him. God bless. Yeah. So, Cole says that this podcast is fantastic. Although a new podcast, Tom and Tiffany both come off as dedicated to the show and to their fairy berries. The show always gets me laughing and thinking, and it's nice to be able to head over to the Facebook group and chat with everyone in the community as well. Keep it up, guys. Smiley face emoji. Thanks, Cole. We love you. Yes, thank you. We love you so much. And I have another one from another very beloved person from our Facebook group. This one says, God Tier Drag Race Podcast. This one comes in from (laughs) Sam Robinson from New Zealand. Yes. Oh, God, he's so sweet. So he says, I don't enjoy many drag race podcasts. Well, I listen, but don't enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) This one has changed the game. Tom and Tiffany obviously have a beautiful friendship and they really make me feel like I'm sitting in the living room with them and having a kiki. I love the Facebook group and I love all of Tom's fairy berries and I'm quaking in anticipation for some hot takes trademark on season 10. Love from New Zealand, Sam. We well, love you, thank Sam. You. We love literally all of you every day. I'm just like, so I can't sweet. believe you guys listen to us and then all talk to each other. It's like, oh, we're just like a little family. I know. I love it. Yeah. we just It's the best. <laughs> I keep saying, it, like, we need to get invited to, like, I don't know how it works, but we need to go to, like, a podcast conference or something. I know. We need to figure out how I that works. I thought about that. Well, I, I think know. closer to my birthday, I'd really like to have, like, a kiki with everybody local. Oh. Like, if we could all meet up at a bar or something, like, yes. me, Nixon's girlfriends, like, whoever. I think Jess lives close to here. There was another Pittsburgh fish uh, in our group, too. She made oh. the Trixie cake, and I was, like gagging over it yes there's a lot of people who are relatively close by so 
If Philip, he's close. Yeah. yeah he's if a, we could just, friend. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, have a little. And then if no one shows up and it's, it's just, just you and me and Nick and Josh, <laughs> that's fine too. That's fine. It's perfectly Keon, fine. I'm good. I'm good with that. <laughs> All right, are we ready to jump into the episode? <gasps> yes, and I still can't believe you're going to meet Sean Mendez, and that's what your announcement was. <laughs> it's fine. I'm so excited. It's fine. <laughs> Shout out to Kristen for that birthday present. You prayed, and then the the. Oh yeah, so I prayed for the tickets, and I was like, if I get these tickets, let it be a sign of more good things to come. So hopefully, that was like I'm trying to push the job thing to like happen. <laughs> I had a great interview this week, so I'm hoping they offer it to me. Like, I definitely, it's the first interview where I jumped out of it. I was like, they liked me. I know this is, that went well. Because, you know, sometimes you walk out of the interview, you're like, like, I don't know. I like, I like nailed that one. Like, I know I nailed it, but probably means I'm not going to get it because I'm so confident about it. Don't be a wiener. Okay, so let's jump into episode eight, the unofficial rusicle. Okay. So after Monique's elimination, uh, the queens talk about what it's like to have you name who you think should go home and why. And how bad it sucks. <laughs> yeah. So Monet basically says what we said last week. If you're just honest, the people are like, everyone's going to buy it and there's not really going to be hard feelings unless you, the way you present it isn't nice. And Asia says to the vixen, um, I wanted you to go home. Like, I paid you to go home, but I was never attacking your character. But Vixen says that they attacked her dream. Right. And, and that she has the right to be angry and upset about absolutely. that. But Monet points out that it's everybody's dream. That's the part that got... I'm like, yeah, you, anyone who is named, you're attacking... Is it an attack on their dream? It was just your no. performance. So here's the yeah. thing. Like, clearly she's taking it super personally, because then she turns around and says, like, well, I would get rid of Eureka because she's the person I like the least. Therefore, making it personal to Eureka. Yeah. So, of course, to her, them naming her as the person to go home, there's only one way for her so, to take it. Okay. So, what you're saying is because the Vixen viewed this as like getting rid of who you liked the least, she thinks everyone That's what likes she's her relating the... okay. it to. Okay. She does, I, I don't think that. she fully understands that's what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... That's the criteria in her mind that she's applying to the situation. Yeah. Because when she says, well, Eureka is the person I would pick because that's the person I care about the least and I don't like. That everyone else picked me because right. they don't like So me. she's like turning it into this commentary on how the girls feel about her, if they respect her or not, I think. Yeah. I had to think a lot about this because it's very easy for me to be like, what the fuck? And get, well, like, kind of mad about it almost. And I felt like... Or just be bristled by the situation yeah, in general. Yeah, because I think I feel much different about uh, what happened last week, this week. <laughs> like, it doesn't... It, it felt like it, very harsh last week. But this week, as, like, I've had more time to mull it over, it, like, it's very understandable what happened. Vixen just, right. yeah, was in her feelings. Right. And, and she has, like, a particular perspective that we don't hear about all the time. Right being who we are and who yes. she is so it it does make more sense it's just like a lot to sort through because you could talk about it from the perspective as like who these people are and where they come from or you could talk about it from the perspective of just like the human show. to human yeah. and the context of the show and just like emotional stuff too mm-hmm. but i think that's just how she expected everyone else to handle it because that's how she's handling it yeah like i don't like her as much so send her home type shit so I wrote in my notes, I said, girl, everyone is here to win except Magnolia Crawford. She's here for the exposure. <laughs> That's so stupid. I'm so mad at myself, but I had to share. 
And then, <laughs> and then the vixen says that she doesn't like Eureka. To mm-hmm. Eureka. And um, then Asia has a talking head where she points out the vixen wants Eureka to go home for personal reason and not based on her performance. And then it kind of turns into everyone just being shocked about Aquaria winning Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. And if, to be fair, coming into the season, I would have never let, never would have crossed my mind that Aquaria would even do okay in the Snatch Game. Like, I Same. thought she would have lip synced last week for sure. But she really, we've all kind of looked over Aquaria as being very dumb, but it turns out she's actually very smart and knows how to use her weaknesses to her advantage. She knows what they are. She can target them and pinpoint them. And she's like, Okay, so if I don't speak very well, who's someone who doesn't speak very well and that I can turn into a caricature? And she did it. So Absolutely. She deserved to win. Now that I actually fully think Aquaria has the opportunity to win this, where I did not think that before. Did you hear, um, fuck, I should have wrote it all down, but of course I didn't. All right, Mary, I don't know where they got the information from, but they gave like the statistics of like, if you win Snatch Game, the likelihood of you winning drag race as a whole is like over 60 percent if i remember that correctly oh it's like crazy i don't know if that's exactly right but they like break it down they were like your odds of being in the top or this so on and so on Stop. back we are back sorry um <laughs> uh, we had to shut the door my brother came home we talked to him though we didn't just like shut him out and say no no we didn't even greet him we <laughs> So what were you saying, Tiffany, about the queens who win Snatch Game? Anyway, the likelihood of winning the whole race is much higher if you win Snatch Game. And then it's even higher than that for you to go to top four or even top three if you win Snatch Game, Mm -hmm. which I thought was fascinating. It's funny, though, because I guess I always think of Benjola Krem, who did not make top four. (laughs) I know. I think it's ultimately a crapshoot, really. I mean, you could try to find trends. But really, if you think about from when Snatch Game first started to mm-hmm. now, the whole thing has shifted and your yeah. expectations have only grown. So I don't know right. that it's like super well, so realistically. Like, like yeah, I'm, I'm not, I was about to go through all of them. But anyway, shall we move on? Yes. So it's a new, well, oh, sorry. There was a talking head right before it was a new day in the workroom. And Monet really is thirsty to mm. win a challenge. Um, but I have a lot to say about that later on in the episode. So it's a new day at the workroom, and they finally let Cameron have a talking head. I know. It is I unbelievable. That, I have a note about that, too. Uh, but I really like what she had to say. She's feeling more confident in the competition since she's made it this far. They're all standing around the table, and there's a Whitney Houston reference. There sure is. And then Asian and Cameron are going to arm wrestle. Monet has a sponge at the table also. Of course she does. It's her A big sponge. It's her brand TM. Like TM. Sponge. <laughs> uh, so... Asia and Cameron are going to arm wrestle, but that's right when they're about to start. The she already done had herses comes on and it's Chad Michaels instead of RuPaul this week. But doesn't judge the challenge, nor does she do a walkthrough at the workroom. That is some fuckery. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I, uh, so before we get further in the episode, I would like to just, how are you, how do you feel about Cher? Okay. I like... I don't know. So I feel like when I was a kid, I was more into Cher because my grandma was like, of course, into Cher because of course she was. Would your grandma be on the podcast? I don't know. I probably could get her because to be. Because her grandma is a fag hag and it is she hilarious. She really is, you guys. <laughs> and this was like, she was one, I think. Before it was a thing. Before it was yeah. really a thing. And like, she was never fully immersed in gay culture like you can be now. Yeah. You know, it's different. 
But, like, she worked at a dance club. She works at a movie theater. Her best friend was this gay guy that she worked for. She was, like, also low-key in love with him a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um, But they were just super tight. So, of course, she fucking loved Cher. Yeah. Uh, of course. And, like, I think I watched the variety show a lot as a kid. So, I liked her. I don't know... That I have, like, a lot of feelings for her now, per se. Yeah. Like, it's fine. So, like, my impression of Cher, guys, sit down. If you're a big queen and you expect me to be, like, on your level with Cher queening out, I cannot match you. No. And, like, she's cool and she's funny as fuck on Twitter. But, oh, like her Twitter, I am a fan of that. Her emoji Shit. response to being on Drag Race, like, this, this whole week? segment yeah. was, like, emojis. And I think it just meant very cool. <laughs> she, like... It was like a dude blowing wind and then yeah. like a snowflake. And I literally think it was just like her being like, very cool. Yeah. So I would imagine that I don't have much exposure to share because she is a gay icon and kind of very polarizing. I don't think we like welcomed that into my house as a child. We weren't allowed to like very polarizing things. Oh, okay. So I just think I didn't have exposure to her. So I grew up and then everyone was like, you'll love Cher. And I was like... Guys, this is a lot of auto-tune. <laughs> Gypsy, Tramps, and Thieves is a banger, though. Uh, you know, I can't even say that because the only song I can think of off the top of my head is Believe. <laughs> Gypsy, Tramps, and Thieves, Half-Breed, which is, oh, sorry, which is, you know, that's a statement. Though I think she is partially Native American, but oh, I don't she know she is because true. James slash Jimmy, and I don't know his preference yet, but in our Instagram chat that okay. you don't read... <laughs> No, so I don't. He, he, uh, he educated well, me a your, little. Well, yeah. that's your conversation. It, we've moved to Facebook, so. It... Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, I know a couple Cher bangers for sure, and Sunny and Cher. I know and... this one kid I used to have a crush on when I was younger. He was really into Cher, and he was younger than me, so that makes less sense. But he did uh, Cher, like, Cher drag in a talent show. Oh, my God, that's yeah. fun. So... That's like my basic reference, and then I ended up hating him. So maybe that's why I don't care for shares. Like he just maybe like, that I just me. like have lukewarm feelings. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Sorry. So moving on. So Chad Michaels literally uses every phrase he used in his snatch game mm-hmm. during this like segment that he does. Mm-hmm. And then Rue comes in, and then there's a mini challenge. What's the mini challenge? That she's gonna pretend to slap these hoes, which is fucking hilarious. And I really liked how excited she was, but it just like. It literally felt like someone pushed me down the stairs when she said Jif. I was confused. I was afraid. So you don't remember like the 10 minutes that follow? No, I remember. (laughs) I was just shocked and appalled. Okay. So while I think this mini challenge was fun, it is very subjective as to what we were supposed to be like looking for. So I don't care when, I don't care for when the mini challenges is, I I don't Like it's not quantifiable. Yeah. It's just subjective to, like, whoever you think did well. And the person who wins only wins because it was to protect them from a lawsuit. She literally got hands put on her. I know. That's what I said, too. Because, actually, I thought the Vixen did really well. Yeah, but she didn't get real slapped. And that's So she couldn't have won. Okay. So I have a real question. Did they write, were these insults written for them? Or did the queens come up with these themselves? I hope they came up with them themselves. I just don't know because... I don't know, because I thought a lot of them were clever, but then, like, the Vixens was just, Vangie. But that was fun. 
they were much better. That was just she said Vanjie and started dancing. But I did love when she started dancing because it just that, made me very I like what I mean. Like I just liked um, that. My I think Cameron's was actually my favorite. They call you mother, but at your age you should be. Yeah. I liked her Eureka's too. She was just like H D. Yeah, oh, because it's just so it's like <laughs> of course. So um Ms. Cracker's Lady Bunny voice is somehow worse than Alaska's Lady Yeah, Bunny. that was terrible. So bad. <laughs> it's like, this is not good. Oh, when Mo said when they said, You wear it. Nah. I was like, what just happened? That was pretty good. I did like um, that. And then Asia literally gets slapped. And what ensues after it, the messiness that happens after it is so amazing. Asia's just like, stop it. It's so good. And you could sit like, RuPaul was shook for yeah. a second. She was like, oh, fuck. And like when she's like, this is now Asia's O'Hara's Drag Race. Y'all work for me. Jimmy <laughs> just showed me a picture and it's Asia O'Hara's Drag Race. And it is, it? who made that? I don't that? know. It was on Reddit. Oh, man. Oh, the, there's a there's an ad there's in a, the corner. Okay. We I'll need post to, it please, up. Please, please, please. Because it's really high quality. so uh, funny. <laughs> Check to our Instagram to see that later. Um, or if you're on your phone, it's probably already posted. So just go to our Instagram. Um, so Asia wins, like I said, to avoid a lawsuit. So uh, Rue announces that uh, the Maxi Challenge is mm. a share rusical. And they're going to be singing live. And then she goes on the line and assigns each queen a character. So we have Cameron is 60s share. The Vixen and Monet will both be different variety show shares. Mm. Aquarius disco share. Asia is movie star share. And Eureka is rock star share. And this is her response to that. Ooh. Oh, come back tall. That was rotten. Which that, is perfect. And I just, it's. Yeah, that's like amazing. Uh, just that that was rotten, and then Cracker is a comeback Cher. Now here's the thing, I couldn't help but wonder when the last time was that Cher actually sang live in front of people. Mm. Probably the seventies, maybe. maybe. <laughs> so it's really funny to me that they have to sing. She live. probably doesn't even record new music. They just digitize stuff that she sang in the past and make it just release it. Probably. So here's a good question. Or maybe not so good question. Oh, maybe. I I was going to ask a question, too. So maybe it's the same question. Is it who's the most iconic? Like, which of these shares is most iconic to you? No, mine was in regards to the show. So uh, the share that I would think of most would probably be the share that Eureka did. Like Like rock star share. Uh, Because I instantly recognized the outfit that she had replicated for her part. I'm well aware of like variety show share and 60s share, um, like hippy dippy trippy. That I, 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 I know movie star share pretty well too. I don't because, because her I don't watch... Oscar dress is like pretty iconic. I don't watch movies, so it's right. Moot that for would me. be your other issue. <laughs> and um, I know modern day sh- like believe share. Yeah, so that's about where my knowledge like ends. So I have a question, and this question wasn't asked directly to be asked on the show. Do you think um, the queens were told to bring a share look from a specific era or that these were provided outfits for them? I'm not sure. I was curious about that myself just because a Eureka bodysuit made by anybody other than Eureka would look weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and because... The only thing that's been provided to them so far kind of has been the... Wigs. 
Well, they all had to wear those doctor coats in the first Rusical yeah. thing. And, like, Eureka's didn't really fit. Like, if you go back and everyone else covers their whole body and hers barely gets over her shoulders. So I'm going to assume that they they were like, bring a Cher look from this era of Cher. That's my guess. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but that would be my guess. I would like to know. So if anyone has the tea on that, that would be cool. So um, Cameron has a talking head where she says she doesn't sing. She just lip syncs. And then what ensues after is the gayest thing I've heard in a very long time. It sounds like an insane asylum in here. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares about that little segment that just happened. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, then Rue enters the workroom and starts doing his walkarounds, which it's really nice to see him talking to more than three people mm-hmm. this time. So he gets to a lot of the queens. And first up is Asia. And Asia reveals that she doesn't sing. And then Rue's response is, it never stopped me. And I, I thought, die. <laughs> so good. You're goddamn right. She Guys, can't sing. Uh, I'm going to be fully honest. The first episode, the first time I watched the episode, I was drunk on red wine and I fully thought Cameron was getting eliminated and I was in my feels before anything even happened little did I know how this episode was gonna turn out for me so I missed a lot but watching it a second time through I caught there was a lot of funny quips and things happening Mm -hmm. throughout the episode um so Asia thinks that her share is less glamorous than other shares and um, but I don't think that's true no she won she was a fucking movie star an award-winning movie star like bitch, don't, yeah, I don't her know. Her in the coat with the big hair is like pretty iconic. I, to sure. anybody who watches fucking <laughs> movies, I'm gonna pull up her Oscar look because I can't believe that you don't know what I'm talking about. So um, she's kind of stuck that her share is a share that plays other characters, and Rue's like, but she's still share. It's I imagine. Oh, oh, it's the it's Bob Mackie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was with the big headpiece and her midriff out. Yeah. That wouldn't have been a bad look for Asia to do either, but I guess if she's supposed to be like the character yeah, from Moonstruck. That's, I think that's what was unclear. Are you Cher or are you a char- her character right. in Moonstruck? Because if she's saying slap, snap out of it. Yeah. I so, Slapping people. Though this would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been more recognizable for sure. Yeah, that look. technically. Um. And then she brings up Snatch Game as her prior acting experience. And Rue's like, well, let's not, let's not go back. Let's act like that's not the case. Let's just pretend that didn't happen. So Asia's already suffering from my character given is not not as funny as the other girl's characters. Then we walk over to Cameron and Rue. So this is, okay. If you've been doubting why I think Cameron, like why Cameron is my favorite, I'm going to try to explain it to you to the best of my ability right now. I think Cameron is actually just very smart. She keeps to herself so she doesn't get in trouble with the other queens because I think this queen is actually the most focused out of all of them to actually win this thing. So Rue asks if she has any questions and she's like, tell me a little bit more about 1960s share mm-hmm. and then she learn she listens to Rue. And now of course Queens have listened to Rue in the past, but Cameron doesn't go She's asking the right questions. Yeah, I think that's just what it is. And she's listening and I don't know. I think that's just what sets her apart and that's why I like her because I've definitely been that person in situations where I'm like, just keep to yourself. I mean, I know I'm loud and rambunctious, but there are times where I'm just like, just keep to yourself, do what you need to do, Head focus down, on you. Focusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I like that in Rue's explanation, she's like, Cher, the rebel. And she says it multiple times throughout the episode. And I'm like, bitch, what is that even supposed to tell you? The rebel. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? So Cameron refers to herself um, as silent but deadly. And I think that's true. Cameron's been in the top many times. Or close to it. Right. So it's. It's not far from the truth. Cameron's holding her own in this competition. Absolutely. But I think is often overlooked by people because they think she's boring because she doesn't talk. And people, I think just like how folks, well, originally, myself included, were discounting Aquarius' talent because she's young. Yeah. People are brushing Cameron off because she looks like a hot guy. And it's quiet. Yeah. She's like a boring hot guy. That's like what people are viewing. Yeah. Although, I was very surprised. I, um... For those of you who don't know, Nick from Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour is currently at DragCon. And he messaged me and said that Cameron had one of the longest lines at DragCon. And I was like, that is so cute because... That makes me so happy. Based on what I've heard about her and seen about her on things, it looks like there's not a very... A lot of people who are diehard drag fans... Drag... uh, Drag race fans don't seem to care for what she's putting out. Yeah. yeah. Um, So Rue tells her to show up, but she's very gentle with the way she talks to Cameron. She's like, you're not doing bad. I just need you. I need to see more from you. I need you to show up. Right. We need but to get not more like, of a sense of who you are. Yeah. It's not like Pearl, like, wake, wake up, up, Pearl. Pearl. Yeah, yeah. It was very, the, her delivery to certain queens, she delivers it the way that she thinks that queen's going to best receive what right. she's telling them. So then we move on to Monet. And um, yeah, I really love Rue this season. So sorry. I just feel like that needs to be mentioned. I need people, I need Rue to know that I'm appreciating what she's doing because she's finally listening to the fans because we've all been saying for the past few seasons that she has been really out of it. Checked out. Yeah. So we find out again that Monet sings opera. I already knew that, but Tiffany decided to I forgot. <laughs> she's like, she's like, did you know that she sang opera? I was like, we've talked about this so many times. Uh, I can't retain information, you guys. So uh, I was like, oh. It's a wow. fun new fact. Yeah, she's a bass. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, so she gets stuck on being a bass mm-hmm. and that sh- her voice doesn't match shares. And Rue's just like, you guys compartmentalize your talents and you think you can't go out of those compartments. Right. Which is. So if, you're like setting limits on yeah, yourself. Yeah, if you're basically. a talented singer, you're just going to share, sing Cher an octave lower than sh- even Cher would sing. But Cher already has a low voice. It's right. not. Right. And also, like Aquarius says later, it's like not many notes you have to hit. It's not like you have to be. You just have to get the noises out and be yeah, somewhat yeah. in key. You don't need to, you know, Christina Aguilera yeah, the, on them hoes. The point of this challenge is not to be the best singer. It is to impersonate Cher at the best of your capability. It's true. It's not really a singing challenge. No, singing just it. part of it to see if you will go there and try. Right. That's what the singing aspect is. Because we've had a singing challenge in season six and like, Milk was not a great singer, but she committed to what she was doing. And that is why she was either safe. I don't know if she was safe or top that week, but she did well. Like they viewed her as and doing that's, well. I bring this up later, talking about someone in particular, but you just have to fake it until you make it. Truly. You know what I mean? So yeah. even if it's not like good or spot on. Right. And it's not like we had um, two like idol contestants on this season to, to, to really make people feel inferior to what the other queens were doing. Right. So it's just like, it's pretty fair game. Right. I think. So I appreciated Rue's message here because ultimately yeah. she's saying, like, don't be afraid to take risks. Yeah. Don't limit yourself to what you think you can do. Just do whatever. Yeah. Just do the best that you can at these things. Mm-hmm. So um, they ask, she asks Monet 
sorry, Rue asks Monet, it, like, what her favorite chair is. And she says, Carol Burnett's chair. And I thought, wow, you're not even picking chair. It's your chair. And I just thought that was so bizarre. I meant to look up what, a, what I wanted to look up Carol Burnett impersonating chair, but I forgot to. Um, so then we walk over to Eureka. And while Eureka, she asks Eureka about her and the Vixen. Of course. And... The way I saw it, I don't know if this is the way everyone else saw it, Eureka just kind of was like, I'm seeing focus on myself. We haven't reconciled, but that's it. So while Eureka is talking about that, they, they show the vixen who's rolling her eyes and playing a fake violin. Girl, you really need to stop with those imaginary Air instruments because they... Oh my can, God. Can, uh, Gives me anxiety. Yeah, but she was just telling Rue that she was keeping her head on straight after the fact. So I don't know what the conversation could have been more, but what we were shown of Eureka, it didn't seem like Eureka was attacking the vixen, so I felt like the vixen rolling her eyes about this conversation was unwarranted. She was doing a lot. Yeah. I didn't know if if that was really happening in real time yeah, like directly that was in response. Yeah. I don't know if Rue saw it. Yeah. The way it was edited was kind of obnoxious. Yeah, it was shady. Like, I get that... Eureka was explaining, like, well, clearly she doesn't like me, and yeah. I don't really know where I stand, and, like, that's fine. I guess I can't really do anything about that. Yeah. I didn't – it didn't come off to me as her, like, playing victim in that moment. Not really to me. Yeah, well, but, but it's just, like – it's can... hard to tell because things are, you know, spliced together, so who knows what else she said. But they did – it was – I, like, didn't appreciate that. But beyond that, I don't even think when – I have a clip of this later, but – um, Rue asks the Vixen if they've reconciled. And the Vixen doesn't focus on Eureka specifically. She focuses on herself. She says, I'm not paying these bitches any time because they don't like me. She doesn't point out like Eureka specifically in her response. So it just seems like her reaction in the moment to Eureka seems weird that she like didn't focus all of her energy on Eureka when she answers later. Based on what right. we saw. I don't know. It just seemed like a very strange Out of way. place yeah. or something. Uh, so then Rue tries to teach Eureka how to do the tap touch and... Um, Eureka does her thing and Rue says that's very white and I just thought that was so funny which I appreciated (laughs) you know who is a really good dancer Josh is a really good dancer and Mm. we're trying to learn that like thing the kids are doing now with like their arms and the leg it's like the thing Childish Gambino does it and this is I yeah you know what I'm talking about I I do. Is that Vaguely like... referencing the move that you yeah. guys can't see? Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm... You guys know. You, like, kick your leg out in your arm, but also your head is kind of like... I, I know I'm 27, but I should not be a millennial. I am, like, <laughs> Gen X at best. We're t- I mean, this is, like, things that aren't really important, but uh, I'm trying to get my moves down so, in an effort to combat my whiteness on some level. Saru... So Moves on to Cracker. Who talks about her cult background, essentially, because she has no fucking references from anything pop culture. Basically, she didn't grow up with anything, and it was all found when she was older. Yeah, I don't... Is she in a, was she in a cult? It's, I mean, a, it she, came off very, like, controlling to me. And I didn't know if it was, like, just a religion thing or just because of their situation, because I later she talks just, about being... Not having money. Right. I would think that's more responsible. I mean, I know you go outside like and see things. like, at school and stuff, you come in contact with things. It, so, it in, like... Depends you on not your experience. Have, yeah, like, did you yeah. not go to friends' houses a lot? Like, what... You know what I mean? There's, yeah. like, a, a lot of different ways as a kid how you can, like, kind of bump into stuff. So, that's, I didn't know... 
That's true. That's true. Um, I didn't know how to take all that. So Cracker says she wants to include as many old person gags as she can. Rue is not with it. Immediately not yeah. with it. <laughs> and I, I like how Cracker later was like, the second you did not laugh at my age jokes, they were off the table. <laughs> it was already gone. Yeah, I was not thinking about Which it. Which is smart. Anymore. Like... If Rue makes it out like she's not going to like it, then odds are high she's not going to like it. However, something is not clicking with Cracker. She's smart. She's listening. She's not doing it. I don't know what the disconnect from... I don't know if it's a case of the Trixie Mattels where, like, you're trying so hard. Like, too hard. But, yeah, like, yeah. it's just not reading all the way because it's it's not organic enough, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. So then she moves on to the vixen. And I just have this whole clip because I didn't want to say anything okay, that she said wrong. So do you do a share impersonation? No, I've never done a share impersonation, but I've performed her music as a lip sync. When you do that, you I do vixen doing a share song. Huh. You have a little bit of a history of conflicts here. Yeah. What do you think that is? I like to take things head on because I'm like, no, be real with me. What's going on? Yeah. How can you incorporate that into your character? Because I'm going to have to be feisty. <laughs> you think so? Uh, I, I, I think Cher would throw a glass or two every once in a while. Sure, sure. Sure, <laughs> sure. You had beef with Eureka. Have you guys had a come to Jesus moment? Not at all. I feel like it's better knowing who your friends are and who your enemies are. Apparently, I don't have a friend here. Because you see, all the girls want me to go home. Last week, all of the other girls said that I should go home. <laughs> they don't think I deserve to be here. So f them. Why do you think they want you to go home? I think they know that I keep it real and they can't play phony around me. Mm. Because I call bull all the time. She's so combative. I don't, I don't get it. Like, so nasty. You can fight, but uh, ultimately, the biggest fight you have in this life is with yourself, you know? and diving in and seeing what the, the, the root cause of that conflict is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So keep that in mind. Yes, ma'am. All right, Vixen. I'll see you out there. Thank you. Okay, so there are a couple of, there's a lot of things that happen in this like minute and a half clip. Um, competition related, the thing that I gather most is I don't know that the Vixen's listening to what Rue is telling her as far as her interpretation of Cher. Because Rue's like, do you really think that Cher would do these things? And her response is like, I think Cher would throw a glass or two. And Rue's like, sure, ellipses. <laughs> and then the Vixen's like, Cher, Cher. And I'm like, ooh, I think you've missed the point. Which is, you got to be open to hearing constructive criticism. It's, I don't know, I think she missed the mark on that. But other... But beyond that, there's more important things that happen. In I think there's a way to channel what Vixen was saying into being, like, super confident. Yes. And that would have been a way to do it. But I also think that with the share she was channeling in particular, because I know that clip where it's Cher performing with the Jackson 5, it's all it's still on YouTube if you want to see it. Um, she's like a powerhouse at this time. You know what I mean? Like, performing with the Jackson 5 at this moment, it was, like, a big That's fucking deal. That's a huge deal. deal, yeah. You know what I mean? So if you came out really owning that and being, like, super-duper confident and just, like, full of that power, because that's what it comes down to, right? She was, like, a big figure at the time. She had a mm -hmm. lot of power. If you come out with all that, that's, like, a way to take the feistiness and that drive that she has and putting it in context of the situation. 
And I think maybe that's partly what's missing. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the conversation being about her dynamic with the girls at this time. Yeah, so we kind of discussed this at the top of the show, but she took the other queen saying that, um, based on the performance thus far, that she should be the one to go home as, like, no one wants me here. Right. Which wasn't what the question was. No, and the thing that stuck with me this time on my second watch through Mm -hmm. is how she's hearing from them that she doesn't deserve to be here. So, like, clearly the vixen really just wants to be heard. And I wonder if a part of it, and this is, like, the part of things that I can speak to, given I'm a white person, like, you know what I mean? My realm of understanding is only going to be so far in this case. But I wonder if Vixen would benefit from acknowledging her own pain and anger first, meaning that before she says anything to anything else, she shows herself that acknowledgement and compassion Mm -hmm. and gives care and attention to the things that she wants to say first and then presenting it to other people. Because I feel like her reactions are partly just looking for a response because she doesn't feel heard. But if she would, like, give herself the acknowledgement then maybe it wouldn't mean so much to her what other people say. Right. Because that's taking some of the weight off. So instead of, like, kind of beating your hands against the wall, demanding to be heard, you're taking the time to, like, tune into yourself first. Loving yourself and understanding yourself and having confidence in that and making it unshakable is hard to do. so hard. And I found out recently that the Vixen and I are the same age, and you just have moments where you, you... are very unsure of yourself and what's going on. I still have those moments. I, I mean, I don't think it ever goes away. Not fully, no. And I think it's especially hard because, again, like, obviously, the yeah. Vixen's been through so much. So much. Right. And she, the point that she makes a lot of the time stands, like, it's hard to be gay. It's even harder to be black yeah. and gay and most difficult to be black and gay and also a drag queen. Yeah. So she really has had to fight so hard just to be, like, on the same playing field as everybody. Right. Regardless. So, like, no wonder you always feel like you have to prove yourself. Right. Most people feel that way. I feel that way all the time still. Even when I get good things, I feel like I have to work hard to show that I deserve them. Yes. And that's not an issue with the situation that I'm in most of the time. That's an issue with me because I'm not... You know, it's my own baggage that's talking, not the situation. Yeah. So it's just hard. And like... And we, it's like, it's so hard because you don't want to discount what the feeling, like the vixen is feeling because her feelings are valid. Because if you feel something, your feeling is valid. No one can tell you that it's not. It is absolutely valid. It's just what we're seeing in the reaction that the vixen is giving aren't matching up, I guess, is like... Do you know there's, what I'm there's saying? There's a yeah. dissonance between the things that she's saying. The, the So there's a dissonance between the feelings she's presenting to everyone and then how she's telling the story back. Because, like, I feel hurt. I feel angry. I feel like they don't want me here. It's different than saying they, they said I don't deserve to be here. Or they don't want me here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because feelings can change. But when you're telling the story like that and then putting words in other people's mouths on top of that. Like, that's the harder thing to yeah to come over, to, to sort of overcome, I guess. Because the other thing is, is even now, like, Vixen's still talking about some of this stuff, and she was saying, like, she was alluding to being um, gaslighted, like, in some of these situations because people were telling her she can't feel a certain way, I guess, is what I'm, is what I'm taking away from some of the stuff that she said online. And 
I don't think she's deserved to come under fire for any of this. No. Because it's a TV show and we only see so much of it. Yeah. And I think that's the part everybody forgets about. And I know that I've forgotten about it in times too, especially Mm -hmm. watching last week's episode. And then coming into this week's episode, like you're kind of bracing for the worst or whatever. But, you know, everybody needs to stay grounded in what the reality of the situation is, which is like we only see so much 10% of like... The whole fucking experience. We see probably less than one percent. You know what I of mean? Like what so they actually like do. maybe yeah. need to reserve judgment, and then also just be compassionate towards other human beings. Like, you yeah. know, because ultimately we don't know. Right. Like I, like even though I like, it's just she, she's a complex female character. I know that Katya sure always is. calls herself that, but I think Vixen no, is no Vixen really more is. so. Like she is, she is the living, breathing. And I think she's always going to have to bear the weight in some case because she's a very strong person mm-hmm. that she's going to end up teaching people a lot, which is like a really beautiful thing. And I think ultimately something to be embraced, but that's still a weight for that other person to carry. You know yeah. what I mean? That's Having hard to light. do. Like if that's the role you're going to take on, it's your the rule it's that just, it's going to be assumed And it's you. not yeah. fair that she has yeah. to do that. Like, there's a whole load of issues that go with it. But ultimately, like, it's just... I feel a lot for her. Like, that yeah. has to be hard to be in a room full of people and feel like no one wants you there and that you don't have any friends. Right. If that's what you're feeling, yeah, of course you're going to feel... Because even like... if it's not true, that's just how she feels. We've seen this similar thing play out with Laganja Estranja. Yeah, except it was, like, the other end of the spectrum where nobody, like, literally everybody was just like, what the fuck is your deal? Right. And then, but then she ended up starting writing jokes under a table and ignoring, it was. Because you get challenged. And, like, any type of conflict is an opportunity, ultimately, Mm -hmm. even though at the time it doesn't feel like that. Because, you know, you may be coming under a fire or you're being pushed to somewhere that you're not comfortable going emotionally. So, like. It makes sense because really Vixen and Laganja's responses to the situation are just like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. You can be reactive and come at people like Vixen or you end up retreating and <laughs> literally under the table and like. And then you explode later. Yeah. And then it's worse. It's just. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way to no. have a conflict. Truly. Like because it's just everybody has to go through it the way they need to right. go through it. And it's valid. And I feel bad that Vixen ever felt like it wasn't valid for her. Though I will say I don't think she was being gaslighted in any way. I think people were trying to present an argument or their feelings to her and she just wasn't in the place to hear it. So it's all unfortunate. Yeah. And I hope everybody is in a better place now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just move along. <laughs> so, so Aquaria and Rue talk. Uh my favorite thing Aquarius has said thus far happens in this. I'm not a great singer, but I have a warm five note. I love that. She knows what her limitations are. She knows what she can deliver. Um, so Rue tells her that like, you need to embody what share is. And I forget how this gets brought up, but I have it in my notes that um, Aquarius refers to herself as an outsider queen. And I feel like in this competition, she is, but in the world... She is not. Does that make sense? Like That's probably true, but maybe maybe her perception of herself is that she's the outsider queen. So nobody else really thinks that's true. Yeah. And they think that she's, you know, well well guard well regarded in the community and also yeah. a big part of it, but maybe her personally just sees it a little bit differently. And I could see herself 
Well, is it this? Yeah, she pushes her makeup cart closer to everybody's. Yeah, and that stuff. happens later on. I have that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could see it working both ways where, like, maybe she ostracizes herself. Well, but my... she also ends up ostracized by the other queens. My guess is. Let's think back to the beginning of the season. She was doing her makeup with everyone else until I think the Vixen and her had their altercation. And I bet she moved far away because of that. And she was like, you know what? I'm not even fucking with these people. Flight, I mean, yeah. Fight or freeze. Honey. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I think it's nice that she moved back because we even hear from the Vixen that like the Aquaria and her are very, like are cool. Yeah. yeah. And I think in this case, you know, Vixen, Vixen shows that she's not completely, how do I want to put it? It's not that she can't come from a different place. Yeah. She can. Once she understands. And I think that's just all that's changed there is that they better understood who the other person is. So then this new story starts that I am not a fan of. No, and, I'm not either. Uh, so Cracker asks Aquaria if she's like shaken at all after a conversation with Rue. And Aquaria's like, no. <laughs> And, like, I don't see the fucking problem with that. Either. Like, uh, the, so it would be one thing if she, and the editing doesn't even play it out this way. No. Because, like, you've seen Rue talk to someone here, like, just funny music playing yeah. over them while they're having a conversation. It's very comical. Like, any time Rue talked to Gia Gunn, this, like, think that. <laughs> Absolutely. That is not what happened with Aquaria. No. Rue was giving advice. Aquaria was telling her where she is so far and what's going on. And then um, Monet has a talk here where she says Aquaria is cocky and that the they, the talk didn't go well. Of course, we only saw certain parts of the talk. So maybe oh, yeah. largely it wasn't good. Well, I don't even think that it wasn't good. I think Rue had to give a lot more advice to her than maybe she had to give to someone else. Because I don't think Rue was presenting it in a way where, like, I don't think you're capable of this. No, not at all. It was just like, these are the things you need to do in order to be successful. Yeah. I don't know. Which it's is fine. I mean, isn't that the point of the walk around? Yeah, I guess to learn you know and be I mean? better whenever things push comes to shove. So I don't know if things are happening behind the scenes where Aquaria is like perpetrating really cocky behavior and very full of herself and like we don't see it all the time. Yeah. Because it was just weird to me. It was so out of left field. It was, I yeah, interpreted, yeah. I was interpreting Aquaria's behavior completely different than they were, I guess. Yeah. Because I just took it again in the vein of fake it till you make it. Like I can only hit these five notes so I sure am going to try to hit them or around them <laughs> and I'm going to try to act like Cher. Like, yeah. Because what else are you going to fucking yeah. do when you're faced with this kind of thing? Yeah, this, this, it's kind of bringing around the Cracker and Aquaria conversation where I think that Aquaria is very comfortable with who she is and what she does, where I think that the Cracker hasn't been received as well as she expected to be received by the judges. So maybe it's just, it just jealousy, ch- yeah, really, from Monet like. and Cracker, because neither one of them have won yet, have they? No. And I, Molly... Uh, posted in the Facebook group that neither of them have won, and then my like, soul sister. So that could be that could be just really the beginning and end of it. They're just kind of pissed because Aquaria seems to be doing absolutely seeming, fine. Yeah, she has two wins, and the Eureka has two wins. And I wonder if the feeling is that like Aquaria is not putting in the same amount of effort or work in. I don't think that's fair though. Mm-hmm. And later, that's. Implied of Eureka as well. Yeah. Oh, coasting by. Oh, yeah. Eureka was almost in the bottom. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's true. I don't think it's fair to say in this season 
that anybody is coasting by. No, because it's so strong. I think strong. in seasons past, you can make that argument. Yeah, absolutely. I think having this conversation as it happened in the past about like someone like Alyssa Edwards is like a valid conversation to mm-hmm. have because there is more room for error for somebody maybe like Alyssa than another queen, right? Because there's like personality stuff at play. But I feel like with the way this season is going, everybody has an equal shot to be successful. And that's why it's so much more interesting than Right, and we're past. all super into right. it. It just literally comes down to execution. Yeah. It's just, like, every week is a new week, essentially. Right. Because it's just like... And ooh. everybody's doing so well, yeah. like, or has their own brand that's so strong that you, like, don't want to see anybody go. Yeah. All right. So let's move on in the episode. The queens all work with Todrick Hall. And I just want to say, overall, I felt like Todrick was much better with these queens than the queens he's been with in the past. You don't agree? I just think he does the same shit every single time. Like, they fuck up once and they're like, well. And it's like, okay, right. And maybe they're only showing, you know, a 0.5% of the whole rehearsal time or whatever. But I just, like, don't think I like him as a person. More so now than I did in All Stars. Like, I just don't think I enjoy him. So, um, so that probably influences how I interpret his actions. I'll say well, that much. So I'll throw a funny little line out there. Go ahead. If you go back to the episode, you can see his makeup forever HD foundation on his hood. Like, you can see it all throughout the outside. I'm just like, girl, you gotta pay attention to detail. We've had these drag queens in white-ass outfits, and you don't see a lick of makeup on that white. So how are you out here in a gray hoodie with your makeup all the fuck over it? Like, I just don't understand. It's so messy. And it really bothered me, and that's all I saw during the segment. (sighs) Because it just... And you know what the other thing is, too? Like, maybe my other gripe for this whole rehearsal sequence is that I'm someone who was saying live before how to practice singing and it can be very nerve-wracking yeah absolutely and i like just don't appreciate his attitude throughout the whole entire thing because in my opinion it's harder to sing for a room like a handful of people in a room than like a huge crowd because you don't have anybody to focus on in the huge crowd and the law of averages state that somebody in the crowd's gonna think you did okay and enjoy what you're doing whereas if you're in a room of like 10 or 12 people like it's not, much different, you know yeah. what I mean. Like you have faces to focus on, uh-huh. and it's just, it's not a good look. <clears throat> so like, I just didn't enjoy, yeah, I, him, in general. But I think also, when you're a drag queen, if you are working on a number, you're not working on a number in front of other people. You're working on your number at home in your apartment, right. like it's trying to figure like it out. It's not like there's a group yeah. fucking rehearsal. Because whenever, like I. My, I equate this to whenever I was in color guard in college, um, just whenever we would practice, there would be like three or four people who were just like watching to like point things out. Mm-hmm. And it's much more nerve wracking to do it, it in is. front of them than it is to do in front of you the people. You don't have as yeah. many people to focus on. And I just remember always telling myself, it's like smile and perform it like you're performing it in front of everyone. Like, don't look at them, look up. <laughs> that was always well, just, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. focus on the exit yeah. sign and look above, just yeah. above everybody's heads. So they can't tell. I just think that this is not something that Many drag queens may have you haven't been exposed to before they come right. on to something it's like just, this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would like also to shout out my favorite dancer, La Carte Brownlee, is up there on that stage and I love him. I saw him for the first time at a Katy Perry concert and I have been following him ever since. <laughs> he is so pretty. And I he's am Australian. Not of a thirst trap, apparently. Oh, baby. I let me tell you about Lockhart. So first of all, <laughs> 
I don't care for Katy Perry that much, but my friend really likes her. And we got tickets and we were in, it was. Oh, which tour did you go to? The Prism tour. I did. I went to. So I was in the Love Diamond that was like in the center of the stage. Oh, fun. Guys, I really, when I go to concerts, I clearly very much do it up. I love, oh man, that's like one thing I'm super into. So he came. They were, we were close to the side. So whenever they would come around the diamond, I would like see him. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm in love with you. And I just have been following his career ever since. But he does a lot of stuff for RuPaul um, Lockhart. Oh, that's so fun. Because he's on Gay for Play whenever that, do you know what that is? Mm -mm. He has like a game show on Logo. I don't know if it still exists, but they had, there were dancers on it and he was one of them. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Okay. So Cameron's up first and she doesn't really know the words and she's pretty nervous, but Unlike other queens who have sucked in the past, Cameron's very self-aware. She knows this isn't going well, and she's nervous, and she knows Todrick is a singer, so it's not like you're being judged by someone who doesn't Can't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I I think that that's just that's just the difference in Cameron is like she's doing it, but she's like I'm well aware that I am not doing this isn't well, going super well, and right. because of Cameron thus far, maybe less one episode where she like didn't get the note. Since then, she's been, like, listening and just improving upon herself. So when this happened, I thought, mm, she's going to be okay just because of the work ethic that she's had thus far in the show. Um, but I I found that Todrick was very sweet when talking to Cameron. <laughs> like, she wasn't as harsh. He, like, wasn't oh, as harsh really? on him. I, that was just, like, what I noticed. And um, I don't know. Let's just move on. So... <laughs> The next is Vixen, and she does really well with the Yo, choreo. She's she was so good, it. and it seemed like she picked it up so fast. No, it was like the first time she did. It, she was like on it oh, with okay. the dancers. I was like, oh, okay. And then she fucking nails it. That was yeah. wild to me. Um. So then she starts singing. Five, six, seven, eight. Single ladies dance all night. This TV queen, she hit the scene. Divorcing Sonny and getting good rocker beach. Okay, so that triggered something in my memory, and I had flashbacks to a moment, and I'm just going to play the flashback, and I'm going to record Tiffany's reaction live. That stupid Go listen to that. I'll get them all. Go ahead and listen to Vixen sing and tell me that doesn't sound like Dino Spumoni because that was the first thing I thought of. And I'm not even trying. I know it seems like pretty shady that I did that, but I don't think Vixen is untalented as a singer no. at all. But it's, she's she's trying to impersonate Sharon. It's coming off Dino Spumoni. Yeah, she's just not impersonating. <laughs> yeah, in movement and in sound, she does not sound like Cher. But I want to reemphasize like that she was fucking killing no, that dance. No, she's a she clearly so good. stupid talented. Yeah. Like, please. That was um, her ability was yeah. there. It's just her Cher affectation needs work. Right. <laughs> That's the problem we were saying. Uh, so Cracker then starts practicing and she has a joke about auto-tune and I don't understand what she wasn't understanding about the microphone. So if you're holding the microphone in the correct hand and you're doing your choreography, it should not be confusing. It should always be where it's supposed to be. But she was moving her hand with the mic in it. And I was like, if your choreo is to have that hand in front of you, why are you putting out the hand that has the mic in it? I was... Because she was probably just nervous and freaking out. Maybe. I just thought it was like... Just learn the choreo, learn and then the your right hand way. will always be in the place that it's supposed to. See, now, to. I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that I would end up 
thinking about it too much. Yeah, inadvertently switching arms, even though I'm trying not to, Mm -hmm. because I'm not learning it the right way. Because I'm supposed to be learning, and so that hand is always in front of me. So then I'm not doing it right. Hmm. I don't know. It's really hard being that kind of person i guess maybe just because i i <laughs> trolled baton and i was in color guard maybe like the idea of it being in the wrong hand just seems absurd to me no and I don't i'm know like I... physically kind of awkward and bumbling like i think i have decent coordination yeah. i think i'm a, a fine dancer like i can bust a move whatever but like i have to over like if i'm learning a dance i have to like overcome those things first mm-hmm. so it becomes a little bit more second nature but it takes me a little till i'm like out of the awkward phase. I can usually move out of it pretty quick, but I could see especially being in the pressure cooker of drag race in front of Todrick Hall trying to learn this shit while also trying to remember to act like Cher. You know what I mean? And let's not forget that Todrick didn't win American Idol, so he's one to talk about winning a competition. (laughs) He's winning in the long run, though. He's doing very well for himself. Yeah, he's fine. So Asia has issues doing the choreo and singing simultaneously. It's, right, which makes sense. It's it, fucking hard. See, that's one thing I could do. I never yeah. had a problem doing, but that's because I really like to sing, so it's like second nature-ish. Also, men are worse at multitasking than women. That so is also I true. I think he's ha- having issues like... And, but he, Remembering was, he was like trying to say the words and Tajik was like, sing them. And she was but like, see, like oh. Asia's really funny to yeah. me, so like her re- rehearsing was amusing. It was, but I think that they were really trying to show us that Asia's not doing like so they're hot trying stuff. to yeah. set it up though i mean like to be fair at this point everybody's struggling to right, dance and sing well, less the vixen who just got the choreo after being told Two what seconds, to do right so crazy uh, so eureka doesn't want to sing in front of everyone you could tell as soon as she came out her face is like vacant yeah she is just like it's like deer in the headlights almost which i noticed which stuck out to me in particular because she's not usually that queen. Right. You know what I mean? But it just looked like she wasn't she even in there. She actually has been that queen already this season when they were rehearsing with Alyssa. Oh, yeah, I guess Rusical, that is true. She was like dumbfounded. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, at that point, we were still testing the limits of her leg. Right. So I think that we have now moved on from that. And now she's just. It was into a different thing. Yeah. And then Eureka. So I feel that I. Okay. So I actually really feel like the same way as the Vixen. It's like, everyone's doing this. It's just a rehearsal. Take it for what it is. Laugh at yourself if you fuck up. Pull it together. Figure it out. I get both sides of the coin. I don't know that she was purposefully stopping or not. I think sometimes she was, but if if once she got into the movement and she lost the the vocal, like, I mean, whatever. But... So, yeah, I always just... It's, it's sometimes I think everyone forgets because the cameras are on. It is, in fact, a rehearsal, and you're going to go back to your room in the hotel, and, and you're going to be working 12,000 yeah. more times. Yeah. So just take, like, this is the time to make mistakes. Smile and try as hard as you can. Like, that's just what rehearsal is. Right. I, I don't know. That's how it I feel about it. It has to feel yeah. very life and death. Whatever you're on the show. I know. I'm, it's like it's easier you know to talk I mean? about than like go through for right. sure. Because rehearsals are stressful yeah. in and of themselves. But. So Eureka reveals that she had a traumatic experience. I like forget sometimes that it, Eureka probably had a crazy background. For sure. I don't think her life was super straightforward. No, it is not sunshine and roses in the life of Eureka O'Hara. <sighs> yeah. So, um... Apparently, her father wanted her to sing, and then she didn't do well, or, like, didn't sing, and then she 
was abused for not. Yeah, there was some sort of physical altercation Which is because so, of it. Who, who just, that's so bizarre to me. I just, Fucked up people, so. All right, so it's a new day in the workroom and the queens are getting ready for the share challenge. Yes, they are. So Aquaria moves her station back to the other queens because she wants to connect with the girls more. And I thought this was cute and smart because you have to connect with these queens because you're going to be working with them forever. <laughs> like, well, it right. Just is There's what it no is. reason yeah. not to have a good bond with everybody or at least be at the point where you like know each other a little. So uh, Monet and Eureka continue their very cute friendship. I think their friendship is love so adorable. Uh, Monet is just like lifting Eureka up, mm-hmm. saying like you can do this, and it's just it's great. They're big fans of each other, and you can absolutely that's always tell. cool to see. And uh, then Monet keeps working on her share impression. Oh, 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 girl! I am telling you, you sound like Mr. Ed every time you do that. What do you sound like? Sound like I won more challenges than you. Oh, oh love, bitch. Well, I'm gonna need one of y'all to trip and fall so I can win a challenge. Oh. Yeah. Asia is so good at being shady. Yeah. She's so much fun. She just, yeah, she knows how to read the room. That's like Asia's talent. Is Oh, for sure. She can read the room. She knows what she, she knows how to throw, to deliver. who to throw the shade mm-hmm. at. And um, so I just, yeah, Asia is such a blessing to have, especially after we lost Monique, because she is very good I at her talking her. heads. She's very good with the other queens. and I, I need I someone that, to be yeah. literally the heart, like the emotional center. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like speak from similar places that I would or like Asia give me a resting us. point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when we touch base with Asia, she's normally saying what we are thinking at home. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, or she's presenting it from that emotional perspective yeah. in general. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like I need that. That's my anchor. <laughs> <laughs> so then after this, Cameron says she wants to sing take her singing up an octave she's singing too low and then asia tells money to take her makeup up an octave. <laughs> uh, and then she like runs over and hug and it's just like that's the kind of shade i live for it's just like they're clearly best friends it's showing affection really so this is the kind of shade i like to throw with my friends i always say like if i'm being nice to you <laughs> like if it seems like i'm being nice to you then i probably hate you because if i don't think i can poke fun at you then like then what's what the yeah, point? yeah it's what's the point uh, so all of this lightness leads into Cracker's personal history. I grew up in Seattle and we were poor as hell. We were not going to any damn show. When I was growing up, we were allowed one hour of television a week. We really didn't have access to pop culture. So that meant no toys from the outside world. Everything that we had was made by my mother or by my sister and I. And that moral stance was helped by the fact that we were desperately poor. Really recently when my mom started talking about the shiners, which are the cans that you get really cheap from the grocery store because the labels came off, you don't know what's inside. It could be any thing and you're like, we're gonna find out today if dinner is food or dinner is a condiment. Sometimes when we would go to school, we just had lunch boxes with no food in them. We what? Were very, very poor. My mom, my mom wanted us to be sure to feel like we looked like everyone else. So we still had lunch boxes and everything, but it just wasn't always food in them. We were just desperate. It was a really weird life, but it made me super creative. So, so we kind of heard about uh, Cracker's history when. The design challenge, the uh, drag on a dime. I don't know why I couldn't think of that off the top of my head. We're a lot of episodes in. 
Uh, that's so fucking hard. And I've lived that life. Like, I was definitely that kid who, uh, didn't have lunch or, um, watched everyone eat lunch or so on and so forth. So it's always, uh, admirable, but also kind of difficult and sad to hear someone talk about their background like this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking rough, girl. But it's made her a resourceful human being. And I think Cracker has shown the most in challenges where she like there was more work to do Mm -hmm. because i think whenever she has more work to do she's better at it because she feels like she needs to be doing more and i think challenges that require less like effort where she just had to overcomplicating yeah i think i do that (laughs) i'm good for that overcomplicating simple challenges like ordering coffee showing up on time i don't know or anytime you ask me a question on how i did something and i'm like i just googled it and And i'm like oh yeah that is right like, I sincerely don't do it to be lazy. No, I just I know. like. I know you don't, but I just, I try to remind you. I'm like. Sure. I'm glad that you do because like, I just assume it's going to be unfindable knowledge that like, I won't be able to figure out on my own because I'm dumb. Or like, I sent Tom this photo of that girl's eyeshadow the other day. And I was like, how does it look like this? Why is it so clean? And Tom was like, facetune. And I was like, wait, What? I was seriously fucked up about that for a solid three minutes. Like, I just kept looking at the picture and I was like, but, uh, but, but why would you? And I don't. But it's the internet. See? Yeah, the makeup never looks that good. I, I mean, that makes me feel better because every yeah. time I do something like that and it doesn't look like that, I'm like, what the fuck? No. But anyway. Anyway. Fuck these <laughs> So uh, then Asia asks Vixen if she has some extra time. And this was the best moment aside. of the entire ass episode, hands down. Here we go. I want to talk to the Vixen privately. I want to give her some insight in the terms of her relationships with some of the other queens. I want to ask you a question. Do you think it's something we can do to keep from, like, situations we had last week and on top with, like, Eureka? I do not let slide. It irks my skin. It really does. Has something you said a couple weeks ago really struck a nerve with me. I guess one time a bartender got online and said, trash from the south side ruined pride or whatnot. Maybe subconsciously you might go to a place of anger because Eureka is a representation of a lot of what you don't like in the community. I think the Vixen suffers from what we call in Texas the angry black woman syndrome. Every time in the Vixen's life that she's had to take a back seat to someone that had more privilege than her, all of that anger has been bottled up and it is now directed towards Eureka. Is Vixen handling it the wrong way? Yes. Do I understand where where the Vixen is coming from? Absolutely. Whatever happens between you and her, I want to make sure it's because of Eureka specifically and not something bigger than us that we really have no control over. Can't nobody take your feelings from you or tell you your feelings not valid. But make sure you understand why you're angry and what you're angry at. But the thing is, in a competition, when somebody's blissfully just sliding through, it is very stressful. I'm with you. I'm with you. But what's getting mad at her going to help the Vicks? Yeah. And strength doesn't have to be vocal. The only person, people that need to know you're strong are you and them judges out there. I see the hurt in the Vixen's face, and I have goosebumps talking about this because it is such a real problem and an issue. The Vixen is still that kid struggling to prove that she's worthy of being heard and being loved. And I want you to, you might be mad at me when I say this, but I want you to stop 
lying to yourself that you don't care what people think about you. Sometimes to be strong, you have to you have to be a little soft. You have to learn how to take that and turn it into strength from a place of love. Thank you. Hey, Tiffany. Huh? Do you want to know why this conversation was a success successful conversation? Tell me why. Because. Asia pulled the vixen aside and didn't say all of this shit in, in front, front of, of everyone. People. And Asia spoke from a place of love and compassion and empathy. She related to vixen like a sister, a mother, aunt. You know what I mean? Not like she fucking knows better than her. Like she's trying to tell her anything. Right. She was just like, I'm going to present this to you in a way that I think you can understand. I'm going to be uh, non-assuming. I'm going to be not combative in any way, shape or form because like I care about you. You know what I mean? So yeah, Vixen absolutely. didn't feel like she had to have her guard all the way up, which is really cool. It was just like a beautiful ass moment. That's how adults speak to each other. Just in case you were wondering how that's supposed the to difference. look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to point out, I do have an issue with uh, the Vixen saying that Eureka's sliding by in this competition. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with true. that. I, don't know I know that, that there's a lot of um, Eureka detractors and people that don't like her at all. And I could see why. Yeah. And I could see... I could see the issues. Obviously, I'm a Eureka fan, so I disagree with those things. But yeah. I, I see it, but I don't think that's fair to be, like, discounting her whole run in the competition and saying she's sliding through. I don't think that's true at all, but. Okay, so then we go up to the main stage. Um, I don't talk about Rue's things unless it's interesting. Do you have anything no. to say about Rue? Okay. I, okay. Michelle you... looks beautiful, though. I need those glasses that Michelle those had on her stunning. Face. Michelle's look better than Rue this whole season so First far. First of all, have you ever seen her Ireland, Ireland's Got Talent looks? No. They are stellar. And she wears glasses every week. And it's a new pair every week. And they, she looks phenomenal. I just, she looks so good on Ireland's Got Talent. Also, I suggest you go watch the one where the old woman sings, um, oh, older woman sings. God, what's the song that the old people sing? Send in the clowns. Um, oh. <laughs> I love, first of all, I love that song. I don't know why it resonates with me so much, but I love it. <laughs> anyway i'll post that on our facebook group okay. because i think everyone needs to see it and i cried a lot so it's great um anyway the runway theme is glitterific oh so you know i was pumped yeah, yeah. same same so um, i want to go to paris with renelle's and eichner because i love them both and i think they're very attractive they're two of my favorite gay men i love billy eichner uh, so much <laughs> Yes, and I just love Andrew Reynolds. I love that he, like, walks down the runway. I don't know if they showed it earlier in the episode or... They do the runway at the beginning when they're, like, right before the theme Yeah, song. like, they, like, yeah. announce, like, who's on the show. And, like, he walks it and then, like, stops and he's like, is this what you wanted? Like, <laughs> do I even belong here? Uh, he is so fucking funny. He is. He's good on Parks and Rec. He's good on American Horror Story, the parts that I saw because I didn't finish that season. I never started, but... It's it just I couldn't get into that season that he was on, but um, and Billy on the shoot is fucking hysterical. I love Billy on the street. I thought you said Billy on the shoe, and I was like, what is Billy this? on the shoe? Anyway, so, okay, I this was a hard one to go through. So uh, Cameron's up first, and I was shook because I was a little tentative because as you already expressed, you were worried about Cameron. I was worried too. I was like, man, yeah. Fuck. But instead what happens is she comes out and she is just serving you 
Cher impersonator or realness. She looks like Cher. Her makeup is Cher. The outfit is whatever. I don't understand she why wore her pants. Sh- I know what was going on. The shoes, like with the pant length, was like really jarring. Yeah, it was strange. But her fucking voice and her isms yes. were on. Yeah, it- girl, it was not a weak opening at all. And I like was ready. To just be, like, disappointed, and then I wasn't <laughs> at all. So I will tell you, because I was drunk, I couldn't tell what was happening and what was good and what was bad. It was much more on my second viewing of the show than I thought. That you had to digest, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, sh- yeah, The first of all, I don't... Someone who doesn't sing and then nails a vibrato is no. just like, what is And it what wasn't even like on? she was wildly off or anything. No. There were, like, a few moments where it was, like, yeah. a little herky-jerky. Yeah. But, I mean, really... That was totally fine. And the vibrato was the big thing. It was yeah. exactly what you said. You know, you don't have to be an amazing singer. You just have to get the isms down. Yeah. And she fucking sold it. She sure did. She fucking did the thing. Did the yeah. damn thing. She DTDT'd. DTDT, baby. So then, speaking of DTDT, Monet Exchange. So she sounded a little Jamaican to me at one point because she was trying to, like, sing and then also have, like, the share accent. Yeah. And I was like... Is it helping you that you're a trained singer in this case? Because I don't know that it is. I I thought she sounded fine. She sounded really good when she was just singing it. But it was when she was like trying to sing and sound like Cher that I was like, "Mm, sound Jamaican, but that's Uh, fine. So, yeah, she was really good. I know that there's been like hub, like a kerfuffle on the internet about the- Apparently, I saw that in passing this morning and it's like- Yo, pay the fuck attention because she's literally talking about cultural pro- appropriation. That's the whole fucking gag, you imbeciles. Right. And then, like, the whole point of it is that this wasn't a thing we talked about back no, then. No, not back and then. And now she's wearing the headdress and talking about wearing the headdress. And it's all supposed to be, like, all encompassing. It's not like Monet is singing Half-Breed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be a conversation that would need to happen. This is not, y'all pay the fuck attention. It's not that hard. Yeah, it was It was a very, it was very I weird. know that call out culture is where we're at right now. And I don't even like, I'm not a very harsh critiquer, critiquer. I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> bother me and I don't point it out most of the time because it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's good that people are more invested than uh, lackadaisical or apathetic. But like... You also have to pay attention is the other caveat of that, I think. Right. But and, and imagine, so like comedy is always going to push boundaries. And I'm not saying that RuPaul's Drag Race is, you know, on the forefront of like edgy comedy. comedy. Right, but. But, but if the joke, is, if the joke is about, if you're not listening to the joke and the joke is trying to tell you a bigger story, then that's the issue is that you right. didn't pay attention. And I think that's what happened here. Stupid ass. Leave her alone. Fuck. So then we have the Vixen, who truly nails this dance. Like, it is unreal. She's bringing it the fuck down. The problem was, she looked like she was in the Jackson 5 and not Cher. Right. She doesn't doesn't read a Cher at all. The outfit was good and the hair was good. Yes. No, she looked that outfit. was fine. I'm glad they put the reference that she, Mm because I wouldn't, I did not, because I don't know who Cher is. I mean, that's okay. I like know who Cher I'm is. Not, I'm not, and I don't even yeah. know that clip because I'm crazy about Cher. I fucking love Michael Jackson. I, <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's uh, fine. We can talk about it another uh, time. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. So she like really looks like her reference. The problem was she 
wasn't committing to the isms the, were yeah, not there that's all and that was the challenge ultimately i think so so <laughs> that is aquarius who was doing the best that she could and she was giving you some isms she was like fully committed was it great no <laughs> but i don't think it was enough to like put her in the bottom or anything because she did she hit some of the finer points of like shared them yeah to keep her out of it because there were people that did nothing at all now yeah. if everybody else had i think even if vixen had thrown in one or two things she would have knocked aquaria into the bottom i would i would agree you know I, what i mean because overall vixen's performance was better i i just wrote oh girl not a note hit so she didn't find no no no, no no but it <laughs> literally <why>. didn't <laughs> matter because she was like lo- she, like yeah. lunging herself around the stage as share um basically. i just wrote she committed to whatever she was doing exactly <laughs> that's literally all it came down to that's all i could say i was just like she and did. billy made the good point he makes a good point later that when she presents what she did to them she like explains everything yeah. really well that helped her too all right let's move on to, sorry, I'm fixing my pants. I'm sorry, I'm just that. digging your crotch. My yeah. pants are fucking unbuttoned, you guys. I got these from the thrift, though. They were only like $3, but they're like a little tight because they're jeans. So I Stay tuned for the in. fashion report, guys. Yeah. It, <laughs> I have a t-shirt and jeans on, you guys. Some some jean, jean capris. Okay, so, and a bra, so okay. shut up for you guys. Uh, Asia's makeup looks real weird to me here, and I didn't like her wig. I thought it should have been bigger. This whole segment, I, I was lost. It was, so, it was not. I mean, it wasn't good, but like those things did not help her. I don't think. Did so? Why did it all of a sudden become like this uh, Italian? Because she was thing. in Mamma Mia. I think that was kind of the the. That's like, so she was in Mamma Mia, Cher, but Cher was also in Moonstruck, and I don't know if it's Moonstruck that's about her in the pizza shop. No, it's Mystic Pizza. So. I'm so sorry. the cover Cher was in a movie called Mystic Pizza. Pizza. I think so. So hold on a minute. I'm gonna use my tools. Okay. I'm gonna just verify. So I know that the the look she had on was a reference to the Moonstruck. Yeah. Um, I remember her. Did the looking... DVD cover right? Because yeah. she's like on the front of the DVD, like doing the thing. Hold on a minute. So she's like in the coat backlit by the the moon i i know the vamping right i know the hair yeah so so that's the reference with the coat and the hair so let me let me just ask you a question did it was it written in that asia forgot the words no she just forgot the words and then she worked it into yeah which i thought was really smart yeah that's really if she thought that on her feet then i think that's genius and that she should get some bonus points for that she definitely should um maybe she wasn't a mystic pizza update <laughs> why did i think she was in that i don't know i could not see Cher taking a chicken shit gig called mystic pizza uh julia roberts was in it was I... was moonstruck in a fucking in a fucking pizza shop i really thought oh no she's from brooklyn new york Maybe she is kind of Italian. I definitely thought she was like Italian adjacent. We need something. to move on. So Eureka's up next. Someone help! I, okay, go ahead. Um, so when Eureka starts, she looks terrified. Oh yeah, they're supposed to be Italian and Moonstruck. Okay. Uh, she looks terrified. She's wearing those boots. I said she should never wear again on the main stage. On the main stage, she's wearing the boots. Do you recall? 
Remember the boots? Boo was? Oh, yeah. But in this case, I think it's fine. Mm, I don't know. I just never Because she kind of has to, time. I think, in this case. I don't know. So what Eureka really needed was that first laugh, and then she was yeah, fine. She comes out small, mm-hmm. um, and it's like, I got kind of worried. But then it ended up working in our favor, because then it's like shows an arc for her. So she starts yeah. small and works big. You know, mm-hmm. so that she has that like transition and that tends to feel good. Yeah, I don't think she ever really got there. She was no, like, but she, she got like to halfway. She looked yeah. good, which helped. She yeah. had gags and everybody had like some sort of gag yeah. or like movement and stuff. So that helped too. And then she started throwing in the isms and that's what pushed her over the line. Because if she had stayed where she was, it would have been a bad news bears situation. Yeah, it it. it it was definitely one of the harder ones to get into was with Eureka. Okay, so let's move on to Cracker. Cracker looked like the Muppet. The girl Muppet with the stringy hair. Cracker did? Yeah, she looked like the Muppet oh, in the band. Oh, 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 uh, Animal? <laughs> no. That's the Muppet, isn't it? <laughs> It's a Muppet, but it's not the Muppet that I am referencing. Oh. She's in the band, but she's not the drummer. She has, like, she, like, talks like this, and she has, oh, like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who that is. Uh, I don't know her name, but you know who I'm talking about? Yes. That's exactly who Cracker looked like. And then <laughs> Cracker proceeded to also sound like her. <laughs> and then I was just like, I don't know that she's impersonating the right person. I did not like this look at all. I thought it looked really no, unfinished. it was weird. It was, like, top up, it was fine. And like, the blouse was kind of, like, what something I've seen Cher wear before, but, like, yeah. the rest of it was just sort of, like, here we are. <laughs> like, I just okay. Because you could see, because she was wearing her crop top, her tight stopped partway up her uh-huh. stomach, and you could see the line, and I was, I'm like, like the illusion is here is yeah. not great. It wasn't good. I I didn't feel this at all. I was very distracted, actually, during Crackers, and I didn't think this was great. Um, she had a lot of movement. She did, like, Cherisms in her voice, I guess. Like, the oh, affect. No, but, like... I think she was lucky she had that vocoder because I think it would have been really lost if she didn't have that gag. She just pulled it out, yeah, I think, I, I because don't know. it was it was uh, a toss up there. I really think that the thing started really strong and then just like fizzled out as time progressed. It was weird. It was really weird. All right. So at the end of this seg- at the end of the song, all of the queens talk over each other like Sharon, and it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, that's a no from me, dog. I don't ever need to hear that. <laughs> I did appreciate the the only thing left will be sharing cockroaches. That was pretty funny. It did make me giggle. Shall we move on to the runway? Wagon wheel wall Susie. Does that mean yes? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So Cameron's first. I like this a lot. I loved it. I didn't know. I didn't like the cover up thing. I didn't really love the wig. Like, it was fine, and it was styled okay, and I liked the glitter in the hairline, but, like, I didn't need that. I liked the pantsuit with the palazzo leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love a pant like that. That was, was fun. So I thought that was, like, topical also, because that's, like, kind of a retro look. Yes. I liked the bare chest. Yeah. And I usually do like a cape, so, like, that didn't, the over thing. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't my favorite. This was not my favorite Cameron look, but I think it got the job done. Oh, it did, and her makeup was beautiful. Like, she transitioned from Cher into this really yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it's, she looked stunning. And then Nick said she wore this to drag con yesterday, and that in person, it's unbelievable how shiny <gasps> it is. 
so heavy breathing. If you haven't seen the photo she posted of herself as fucking Cher the night that this aired, it is un-fucking real. Maybe better than Chad Michaels. Definitely better than Chad Michaels because Chad didn't have, I mean. She had to like create the bone structure. Create the bone structure where Cameron already had it and then probably enhanced it. Yeah. She literally could be Cher. It is really good. She needs to be hired by Cher. To be Cher. Yeah, once Cher passes. Who or, knows how many shares we've had that we this might oh not my be the God. same. God. <laughs> Probably. Uh anyway. <laughs> Moving uh, on. So next is Monet. Wait a minute, what was I going to say? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it was so briefly about no, I thought I got uh, Cameron's really lucky that she got the win going into DragCon. Like, can you imagine? Like she wins and the next day she gets to see everyone. Yeah, and it's that's just so like that's fun. really nice. Anyway, so Bless uh, her. Monet exchanged. I have a very polarizing opinion on this. Yeah, but you're not alone. I loved this. Me too. I love that she was naked. Me too. And I can see the flaws with it. And I can see why it prevented her from winning in a way. Because Mm -hmm. it was like... It's sloppy. It was sloppy. But the garment is beautiful. Like in and of itself. Monet looks great in it yes the little wig thing she had on was fucking cool the makeup was dope yeah like i bet when she wears this again the finesse with it is going to be fucking incredible Mm -hmm. because when they do like the deliberations later and they like are in a close-up shot of Uh monet they're clearly blurring her crotch (laughs) out and her butt like when she's walking away but you like don't notice it because everything's so shiny Mm -hmm. but i love this i I just thought it was like we we talked a lot about like body positivity and she's not slim by any means. She's out there full body queen, not padded. Like that is her. But she looks body. fucking she, gorgeous. I loved it. I just I had a callback to I have a couple callbacks to season nine during this runway. And it reminds me like remember when Alexis Michelle did the club kid look and they were like, well, well a true club kid wouldn't be padded or they would just be all like hanging out. I was like Monet did what that look should have been. Like, just mm-hmm. body out. Here. Yes. Naked. I loved it. Mm. Glittered my house down. I liked it a lot. Me too. Let's move on to the Vixen. Um, I thought this was well constructed, but it's not my favorite. It wasn't quite enough for me without something underneath of it. So if she had done this <laughs> over a gown of, or something. Yeah. it has That has been her issue the whole time. Right. Because her... She has a great body. No, So, like, I get it. Maybe what the inclination would be. But it comes off not completely finished, I think, to me in some ways. Now, the rest of the outfit, like, her makeup, the wig. I didn't love the wig, but I liked how she styled it. She had, like, gems in the... Yeah. The... Whatever that's called. I can't think of it. The part and stuff. Her picture... Like mod, like her dress, her Instagram post of it. She has a headpiece that's made of the same thing. I saw that, and that is fucking stunning. stunning. Yeah. That elevated the whole thing. It did. I, I think had she worn that on the runway, it would have read a lot better. The wig I still was probably did this like, yeah, anyway. I did like, too. No matter what, but I think the problem comes. Okay, I think this is what it all burns down to. Vixen is very good at constructing things and making very interesting things with very inexpensive materials. This looked expensive. I mean, you could tell it was construction paper for sure, or some kind of construction foam. Yeah, whatever, whatever that. Yeah. So, I just she always uses alternative things. She doesn't really use fabric, which leads. I don't know if we talked about can the vixen sew, can the vixen not sew. I think we're now at the part of the competition where if you're not like coming out with like 
fab like things that look completely finished it's monet's problem as well that it's not we're just getting to the point where we have to be picky. Level yeah, of polish. Yeah, at this point. I just, which is why I said either Monique was going to continue to make it to the top, or she was going to get cut right away. Yeah, because she had that hurdle to jump over for a different reason mm-hmm. than Vixen, but still comes down to just like polish. And I, I wish it didn't come down to that because I don't want to say it's a, about money, but I think if I she know. was able to sew and make a gown that looked equally as amazing out of like a sequin fabric, because they provide the fabrics always in the room. I swear for to God, them. if she would had a basic ass dress underneath of it even if it was like a short dress with that big long thing over it it would have felt more finished than this but it was finished i know but it's the other problem because of the the material it's made of things get bent and then it's just like once it it's out of form like gets bent and then it's just like that's the end of it but it was i mean she looks beautiful it was probably my like probably my favorite look neck down and I loved her glitter pattern on her arms. That was, that was crazy. Really I don't know how she did that. She put tape on and then did the glitter and then ripped the tape off. It's like painting a wall. Honey, I don't fucking know. Listen, I can't do anything. This is why This is why we work. I'm awful. So anyway, um, Aquarius next in her heavenly body Met Gala look. So weird that that was the look that ended so up bearing this. Yeah, it's just so strange. Uh, okay, so I really dig neck up hips down but something about the middle left me wanting more okay i didn't like that the nipples were the only thing that had the glitter at the top do you know what i'm saying okay i just wish because the bottom had a little bit more of the razzle dazzle but it was mostly just sheer on top anytime it's like a nipple cover situation it's not my favorite it just harkens back to season seven and that's like all the queens did that season Mm -hmm. it's like i have my nipples covered and just come on sure uh, but it looks really good, and I like the headpiece, and I loved her makeup, even though she couldn't see a goddamn thing. It was pretty. Her yeah, makeup was gorgeous. I didn't need, like, the eye mask coverings, but I thought it was, like, a cool illusion because the headpiece was so ornate. Yeah. I didn't mind the bodysuit and the attached shaped cape, because that's, like, all it was. It was, like, kind of like a long tunic thing and then, like, belted. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, she always does something so fucking interesting, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I... Yeah. You know what I mean? And the makeup is right. Like, her face was beautiful. Yeah, I just... I think... mm. It could have shimmered more. You could say it could have been glittery I think we have... The Vic... Sorry. Aquaria. Her gowns are almost always Mm -hmm. form-fitting. I would like to see... I think we rarely go big. So I would like to see something a little more big. Does that make sense? It does. Because you, you lean more on the, the opulent, pageanty, full gown side of things. Well, I think because she's small, there's only so far she could go in that direction. Well, it's not even that. It's but, just one time I need to see it. I just want to sure. see her do it. That's all, like, I think that's all. It's just like, I want to see it done once just to know that you can do it. And then you can do like whatever you want. Because right. I love a jumpsuit on the runway. Don't you get I me wrong. Too. It's just because like, I don't know. I just feel... She's just very hip. I would like to see something classic on her. Maybe that's there it. There you yeah, go. Yeah. I think that sounds that sounds more on the nose. Okay. Let's move on to Asia. Pass. I don't need this. I love this. No. I love the clown. It reminded me. I loved it all. You didn't like it at all. No. Why? I just, I don't like, I don't like any of it. I didn't think the jumpsuit was that interesting, except it was covered in rhinestones. Mm-hmm. I don't think it flattered her body, because when she turned to the side, she like lost all shape. Because a lot of the shape was coming from, like, 
the blue lines on the actual jumpsuit. But then you have to say the same thing for Monet, who was not corseted. Right. But, uh... But the whole thing is, is she wasn't trying to look like she was corseted either. Do you know what I mean? Well, who says that? Like, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, like, I don't even think it's necessarily Asia's body, but, like, it had to have been a bulky, a bulky jumpsuit. And I already didn't, I just didn't like the concept. I liked it. I liked the paper hair. I loved it. I don't know. I thought it was cute. I was into it. And I just didn't like the it. bitch lip syncs in it, and none of it falls apart nope. or off. Well, so. I mean, it was fucking. It looked. It was it looked done. expensive. Yeah, for sure. It just wasn't my favorite thing. Okay, let's move on to Eureka. Okay, so. I need these iridescent shards. I want to decorate a wall. I know in them. <laughs> they're so. And pretty. it's a good thing it was on that dress because yeah. otherwise, her that would have been basic and and like not very exciting. I agree but because she had. That, that like transformative fucking shifting. I would say this was probably the most boring look but it was done well right. yeah it was it was like this is what you expect from Eureka mm-hmm. like I said I like I technically I normally do like the ball gowns and like this kind of look but this is something we see Eureka a lot a in. lot so it's just like okay we've seen this before but the alternative material really helped a lot that I changed think, yeah. colors so I did end up liking it I definitely tooted it I liked the small details Carson calls that out later like the rings, the nails. Yeah. I liked in her hair loaf, there's like Glitter. multicolored highlights going through it too that sort of tie it into those shifting. Your descent shifts. Yeah. yeah. So like all of it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And when she did the shoot for Instagram again and she's like with her niece, her makeup looks better too to mm-hmm. complement it. So I mean, ultimately I ended up liking it, but it was very clear. Oh, very nearly not the case. Yeah, this could be the last loaf we see from Eureka yeah, for the competition. I'm officially yeah. okay with being done. So, out of curiosity, what do you think of Cranker? No one's going to like what I have to say about this. Go ahead. I, I am like, meh on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, for first things first, there's not a blue eyeshadow to be there found. Isn't, so, I'm good. very excited about that. I kind of like that her face is half masculine and covered in glitter and half like feminine. I think that really adds to it. I don't understand the story with the skull. I didn't know if this was a reference I didn't get. No. Because it looked like the Hunger Games symbol to me. And I was oh, like, huh. Oh. Yeah, I guess and that's true. And then I was like, that's not about the Hunger Games. No, <laughs> it's, it's like, definitely not. So, um, okay. So I liked this gown a lot, but I felt like it needed to be lined or something because you could see through it. And you know, I have oh, that, I know that that sheer table, like that golden tablecloth downstairs. Uh-huh. When I hang it up, you can see through it. Oh, okay. So that was my issue with it. It's like, oh, I could have made this with a tablecloth. I guess it's like, because because I have a material that's very similar to this. I just thought, uh, I mean, and I, I think it's basically my experience having that. I know how inexpensive that was. And it just was like, it kind of killed Kind of like everything. broke it for you yeah, or something. But, so if, I really liked it because yeah. it's like kind of kooky and a little bit off naturally, mm-hmm. right? With like the fucking weird skull and that circular thing around yeah. her head. But I liked that. I thought it was like, it was very eye-pleasing with the circle thing and then mm-hmm. like the Ugh. glitter being like thrown up on her almost. Yeah. And it was just... like, it was humorous in a way that I expect a cracker to be, which is just like a little bit like unexpected and mm-hmm. weird. And I loved seeing her in brown hair. Oh, I like that as well. I forgot. To that was that. really fucking cool. I think it would have been interesting to see it with the one eye that was covered in glitter with a lash on it. Mm-hmm. That would have been, that could have been, that cool. been a nice detail. Yeah, yeah. To like see it kicked up another notch. But ultimately I did like it. But that's because it was like a little bit mm-hmm. off-putting. I don't know. I think if maybe, 
is the is the skull throwing up glitter on her and she's like turning into glitter? Like, what is the story? I don't right. really quite understand what we're doing. And I think that was kind of my issue with it. Which it's makes like, sense. It's like you're telling the story, the but I'm not getting the story. Right. I'm not it, reading yeah. it. But maybe that's part of the fun because like you get to make your own story. Like, I like things to be told to me. <laughs> I don't like having to think about it. Sure. That's fair. Um, so I have a little bit to say about the judges' critiques. Okay. I was just really excited for Michelle to actually compliment Cameron. Up until this point, she's kind of been around it. She was like, well, you were in the group with the winners. Oh, you just happened to be one of the best. It's like, she fucking did the work. Give her some props. So I just was really excited. There was like it was no, time. There was no hesitation for it. And I just felt I felt good about that. Was there any other of the critiques that you had? Not really. There was... Okay. um. Eureka and the judges were going back and forth and like Eureka made the cholesterol joke like oh, I have other things to watch like my cholesterol and yeah. I was just like okay okay so I want to talk about Monet for a second okay let's talk so, about it Monet is not winning because her looks suck she had one good look but she did not perform as well as Eureka the week that she could have won do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. her 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 looks are really her downfall it's both times she was in the bottom, her look killed her. Anytime she was going to win, her look killed her. And I like, like we liked the mermaid look last week, but it wasn't the best look. And that Mm-mm. is why Aquaria got to win last week. Aquaria, not to say that Aquaria didn't perform well enough to win, but like I said, I think the the outfits were what made the It winner. holds her back. Yeah, it really does. And it's frustrating because she's performing really well. And I, I think she's missing the point. Like she doesn't know she's not winning because of her runway. Now, I know at the beginning of the season, we said that Runway U hasn't really played anything into it, but I think it now is well, really Well, because when there's less it. people, too. Well, yeah. And also, we're at a, such a high performing level with all of the queens. It's like, you have to have everything perfect because we're, we're now watching all, like, we're watching only six of you now. And so if your tape's going to be hanging out of your outfit, it's like, I don't know. She just, I think that's the one thing she just doesn't get. You know what I mean? Right. And it's really easy, and I could see it being easy in this instance, especially so, to just be like, they don't get me. Yeah. Like, I'm a victim. They don't get me. There's well, that's I been her narrative any time she's it's been in the It's out bottom. of my control. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, like, very many things are out of your control when you're in this environment. Clearly, that's the of case. Course. But uh, obviously, trying the same thing over and over again without altering your approach even a little bit is insanity, because if you think you're going to get a different result you're wrong yeah you know what i mean but again it's one of those things it's easy to call it like you see it but so then sweet baby angel cameron finally wins a challenge yeah i was so, so happy for i her. screamed at my television when i was drunk on my red wine i was like yes yes oh i Feeling was so excited screaming for like when you got them sean mendes tickets <laughs> No, I cried. That was different. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Guys, I'm having a great time today. I'm very excited matters. for Cameron. I think, so I read I read a review. Sometimes I read a review. I don't remember. I think it was Billboard. They were talking about the episode. And they were all like, I don't know why Cameron won. And I was just like, fuck you, fuckers. I think, <laughs> funny yeah, fuckers. The, the thing about this is... <laughs> I think this sets up Cameron to maybe possibly win. It's like, oh, Cameron can do this. 
Can I just make a prediction? You think she's going home next week? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't want that to be the case, but I think it's this episode, this coming episode or the one after. I don't want that to, I don't oh, want I that. Oh, I mean, like, I won't be surprised if it happens, but, but it's... But I don't, I don't think she's going to make it all the way. I mean, unless if I'm totally wrong, which would be great. I'm, well, because I, I like, like her. I've expected Cameron to go home every single week. <laughs> Your luck's going to yeah. run out. Yeah. No, I fully, I fully expected her to go home this week. But we'll see. I, because my firm belief in Cameron is that she's, like, here to learn and grow. They do show you the clip of next week of, like, Cameron getting, like... Flubbing. F- oh, I didn't think about that. You know what's weird mm-hmm. is Sling, like, cuts off the, the preview peak. for yeah, next week. Yeah, and I, like, don't see it until so I rewatch. The, so the preview for next week shows her, like, flubbing. But it's just, like, it could be a psych out where it's just, like, right. Cameron does really well. Because would they really tell you the whole story in the commercial? They no. never do. Anyway, let's move on. So we have Vixen and Asia in the bottom two. Do you think this is the right bottom two? I think the Vixen, not the Vixen, I think Asia definitely deserved to be in the bottom two. Okay. I think it was a toss up for Vixen. Mm-hmm. I think it came down to Rue's judgment. Okay. So would you say that what happened on the runway last week may have hurt Vixen yeah. this week? And I don't think, and this is just like my interpretation of the TV show that we're all watching mm-hmm. where we don't get to see the whole thing. Yeah. I think that Rue didn't like Vixen's comments yeah. in the workroom. Like when they were having that discussion and she asked about Eureka. Mm-hmm. Like I just have a feeling that Rue wasn't down for that. Because I don't think that Vixen's responses thus far and her approach to things jives with RuPaul's. I don't know, however you want to have you want to refer to it as like her view on life. Yeah. Right. Her in in her mind, what values a winner should have for Drag Race. Mm-hmm. I don't think Vixen's there yet. I think the Ru I think RuPaul probably believes in the Vixen. I, I mean, she wouldn't have you know picked what I Vixen mean? to be on the show. I think yeah. that she's a fan of hers. Yeah. I think she believes in Vixen's power, but I think I think it was really telling when she was like, "Well, the biggest fight is with yourself," right? You know what I mean? I think she decided at some point, either this episode or last episode, that Vixen wasn't ready to win. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to. Because Vixen even says herself, she's like, it's very rare for someone to win a third lip sync. Yeah. You know what I mean? Speaking of Do I think that it's fair that she got put there now? I don't know. It It was kind of like... Cameron did well, and so did Monet, and I think it was really it was, a toss-up that. That's what I mean. That, like, yeah. it would have been justified if anybody else and Asia was in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Really. I think but so, But I too. think, I really think it just came down to RuPaul's judgment. She was just like, you know what? This is how I feel, so here we are. It's my, t- my t-shirt. It's my... <laughs> <laughs> Bye! Uh, hi, I'm the host, the solo host of Bears Repeating Now, Tom. Fuck. So next up. Oh my God. I was watching Parks and Rec last night and the episode where, um, uh, mm, Leslie gets married. She says it bears repeating. Oh, does she? Yeah. And me and Josh screamed. It was really fun. Okay. So should I do the lip sync for your life this time? Cause I didn't do one last week cause I was so upset that they messed up my song. Or do you want to do it this week? Uh, I'll do it. Okay. The time has come for you to <laughs> lip sync for your life. Why 
isn't this a share song? I don't I know. Just don't understand with this show. First of all, I love the groove is in your heart by delight, and I've it is a good lip sync song. Thought that this would be an amazing lip sync song. It's a dope ass lip sync song. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> except you- it starts with Vixen doing air bass, and I was like. Jesus fucking Christ. The first of a couple air instruments. That like, why is this all of a sudden a thing? I better not see any more goddamn air instruments the rest of this fucking time. Air instruments are the new dad. Y'all job. need to forget about it. Like, you know, it's like when you're nervous and you see somebody do one thing and then, like, you all just start doing it. No, fucking stop it. End the cycle now. No more fucking air instruments. So you know Asia had this song in her cassette player when she was a child. <laughs> she was busting a move. The Vixen, I will give it to her too. Like sh- her fucking faces when she was like yeah, enunciating she knew all the, the words. Word. Yeah, she got she it. She was fucking yeah. nailing it. And she does a split at some point, but they don't show it. So I'm guessing they were panned onto. They edited Asia. They were like focused on Asia during that moment because. There's a photo of Vixen down in a full split. Yeah, from a camera. Yeah, and yeah. she even says, like, oh, how do they have a picture of this? But it's not on the show. So is she arguing that if the split had been on the episode, that she would have I don't know, what her, I don't I don't know, know. if there was an argument being made as much as the observation I, do that I you don't a, see Do I need whole... a split and a lip sync? I do not. I don't know. Fifi uh, O'Hara yeah. tweeted this morning, maybe, or within the last day or so, saying that, like, she doesn't need to see a lip sync with a death drop or split in and ever again. Yeah, I don't. I want to see your mouth say the words, and I want to see you feeling the song. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that I never want to see one again, but if we're singing a song that doesn't warrant it, you know, like... Right. I um, think it needs to be... I'm coming out. We didn't need all that. I think it needs to be correctly applied. But if we're listening to a banger, I am not opposed to you, like, falling into... Bad romance. I want to see a death drum. They've already done that song. Did they? I think they have. I think they have. I think it's in a season you didn't watch. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I swear to God, it was. I don't open. think that's true. Anyway, 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 anyway. Um, I just love my favorite part of lip sync is whenever they cut through and she's like, "And delicious." <laughs> like that's the I only know. words to the song that she knew. <laughs> um, and then unfortunately, we do lose the vixen in this episode. And when she's holding her trophy, I like, I'm very sad. Because <laughs> where was all this vulnerable? <laughs> where was all this vulnerability during the show? It is in season three. Is it? <laughs> I told I you. I think so, yeah. I told you. Who are the, who are the people who lip sync it? Hold on a minute. I'm going to look for it one more time. But it's in season three. Mm-hmm. That's the tea. Oh, my God. Hold on. Hey, uh, Colin, do you want to play some um, <laughs> Drag Queen's trivia with me? It's the Phoenix Delta. Phoenix. Versus Delta. Yeah. Yep. That's season three. Yeah. Fuck. And mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with Raja, so there's really no reason for me to you exist might not like the that way season. that I do. Anyway. All right, let's move into Untucked. We are running very long. Are we? We're at two hours already. Fuck. We haven't started talking about Untucked. Uh, okay. So we get to Untucked, and then the Vixen is scared. She loves performing in all aspects, but she she just wanted to prove that she deserves to be here. because but she, she like, has nothing to prove. She already proved herself because she fucking made it on the show. She sure did. That was the thing that stuck out to me the most during that like little beginning piece. I was like, girl, 
you already did it. You're fucking here. Like, give yourself the recognition because you deserve it. You worked your ass off and now you made it. Like, you made it onto the show. Like, you did it. Yeah. So, Cracker cuts the chase and she's like, who's in the bottom? And Asia says it's the vixen and herself. Eureka says that it's too hard, but everyone agrees that Cameron is the winner of this Mm -hmm. challenge. Uh, So Cracker points out that Cameron always thinks that she's lip syncing. And Cameron just says that she's focused on the competition and is focused on delivering the performance to her best of her ability. Now, I think that's smart to learn the words. Who knows what twister turns they could possibly throw at you. Right, and you never know if someone's going to like knock it out of the park i would always learn the words just in case and i would not be surprised if at some point like someone's really doing really well throughout the competition and we would just be like hey i'm gonna make you lip sync because i'm not sure what you're doing here do you know what i mean like right i don't know just the throw just throw first of all who <laughs> all, knows all the ever. other drag shows throw some random curveballs at people and that's fun and exciting and that's the kind of competition that i'm here to watch but anyway moving on uh the vixen asks Cameron why she isn't happy. And yeah, she's given she's given her some some shit. Yeah, and Cameron's just focused. She doesn't want to celebrate her win until she wins. And the vixen just wants her to admit that she's going to be here still. And she <laughs> says, Oh, you seem defensive. Girl. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. I really appreciate Cameron's work ethic. She just is like, I'm gonna learn the words. I'm just gonna be ready. She was probably a Boy Scout. Probably. I don't know anything about that. Oh, she's just always is ready. If you don't have to be get prepared, ready, you always be stay prepared. Ready. You don't have to get ready. Yeah, that's yeah. And fucking okay. Whatever. So, Cracker says to Aquaria that she didn't bring any share, and says that the Vixen and Aquaria were critiqued the same. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like their critiques were the same? Mm-mm. I didn't think so either, but. I know that they get critiqued a lot longer than what we see. Yeah. So. so maybe there were things that we didn't see that. Yeah. And then Aquaria defends herself, saying that her critiques were mostly positive. And um, Asia says that her part set her up for failure. And I wrote, uh-oh, <laughs> in parentheses after that. Because the second you start saying that production is setting you up for failure is like a quick sign of you going home shortly. Yeah. Because it's just then it's just not about your work ethic anymore. And luckily Cracker's just like, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> just just do it. Like just commit to it. Um so then a couple of the queens, Monet and Eureka, both say both leave to learn the lip sync because they're worried about being right. in the bottom. And we learn that Aquaria can't see anything and even starts talking to people. Hilarious. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. That was so good. Uh, so Eureka and Cameron, this is really short untucked because there was no drama in it. Eureka no. and Cameron go out to smoke and then they predict the bottom two and they predict it correctly. And they want to see a real battle between this bottom two. And the, I think I that mean, both the queens deliver. who doesn't love a strong lip sync? It makes it so much more interesting. And at least you go out on a high note if you're really fucking selling I feel like all it. the lip syncs this season were pretty good. I mean, obviously Monique didn't know the words. Mm-hmm. But even that is just like a shock. So it's like. Exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like there hasn't been anything super boring. So then Eureka says to Cameron that she's her biggest competition. Mm-hmm. And I can buy that. Mm-hmm. And then Cameron talks about her perception. She says that people think she's just being shady by being quiet, but she's just really only concerned by herself. And I think that's just a smart way to go through this competition. That's just the tea. That's the tea. 
And then we come back to this situation that makes no sense to me. I'll tell you that. Bitch, you have given more speeches. It's not gonna be really quick. Aquaria, you're doing an amazing job on this competition. Thank you. Aquaria thinks she's on a roll, and she has no trouble walking around talking about how great she's doing. Everyone's noticing, and it's not a good look. So I'm gonna tell her what I think, but I have to say it in a way that she can hear me. Aquaria, I feel like sometimes you don't know when, if you're next to someone who's like, God, I don't know what's happening next. And you're like, I do. I'm winning. I'm sorry, I'm, I think I missed something. It could be hard. It could be hard on people. Wait, what do you mean? Oh. Say it again, or it different? Like, what do you? Which part? Well, I mean, I don't. What Get does that have that to do with anything? <laughs> Aquaria is very sure of herself, and I don't think she understands what Miss Cracker is saying. I mean, I so say I'm winning just the same way I say send you home, or not you, right. but you, or send me home, or send them all home, or yeah. you know, like I. It, it just I mean, I, I get that. It's like I, I mean, I completely yeah, understand that. Absolutely. I just no. say it just as. I just thought I'd I mean, bring it up because I'm gonna I'm gonna lose at some point if I don't win. So I mean, right. I'm sure I'll exactly. get mine or I won't get mine. I've actually learned to like Aquaria. She's weird as all hell. Not everybody gets her, and I can relate because the girls don't always get me either, and I know that doesn't feel good. I just I feel like. It will help people relate to you more. Do you know what I mean? What will? <laughs> if you are able to like come to the same page with them and be in the same place with them on their level. I mean, I just, I'm just not that type of person. And yeah. I'd rather not share. She's like me, we have that in common. I know, I, I know from your performance that you'd rather not share. <laughs> See, Ms. Cracker, you, you don't get it when so you say dumb. stuff like that. <laughs> I just got it. You're dumb as hell. I feel like when I watch performances, Monet's. Okay, the tea is that just didn't make me feel anything but dislike for Cracker. A little bit. Same. I, I am. I, I'm at a loss for. I feel like Aquaria. I just don't have any words to say because it just seems so out of left field. Kind of. it just and that's why I'm wondering, like, what else has happened to make everybody sort of feel like Aquarius just like has she just has she been kind of shitty to everybody else? Because the way that it's reading in this episode is just she just is like here, <laughs> you know? She sure is here making choices. She's, she basically said that she yeah. was like, I mean, there will come a point where I lose, where I don't win. And or, like, I, nothing happens. Or, or I, I go win. home or, like, yeah. whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, the weirdest She's just, like, fully committed to what's happening, I, I think. Just, I, I don't think it's overconfidence. At least it didn't read that way to me, like, based on what we saw here. And I think this is the best way to kind of talk about how this isn't a best friend race. It's like Aquarius here to play. She's not here to step on you either. So she has kind no, of and like I didn't, my... Again, I didn't yeah, get the sense that she was doing that or trying to put anybody down. Or right. being and like, I think... it's not like William in season four when he's Ooh. like, uh, my boat is pretty. My boat's gonna win. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I don't feel like Aquarius showboating at all. No. I, I don't know. This just was very bizarre to me. Yeah, I it didn't... felt weird. Yeah. Like, why are you mad that she's not worried? Like... 
That's her choice not to be worried about her place in the competition. Worry about your fucking place in the competition. How about that? I don't know. It's just like, okay, so maybe Aquaria gets a bad review. So the queens discuss the difference between sequins and glitter, as if that's important. That's not important. (laughs) Can you please sit up? What are you doing? I'm taking a break. Do you need to do you need to leave the room for a second? We are almost done. I'm not. Let's do it then. Uh, <laughs> are we done? No. That's been it. Bears repeating. Thank you and for listening. Us. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> it bears repeating. Fun at gmail.com. <laughs> oh. Okay. So Cameron says to everyone that sequin fabric is ugly. Sorry. <laughs> That glitter fabric. That. She said I didn't use it because it's ugly. And Asia, this pisses Asia off. She was like, it's not glitter. And I'm like, it just had a sparkle. It was, it was all Would that have made you feel better? If it was the sparkle challenge. the sparkle challenge. <laughs> is that what the difference would have been? But what I love is Aquarius says, in the season six glitter ball, they use mostly sequins and rhinestones. Because they did. Because they sure did. Yeah. It's all the same. And then we kind of cut into the end here. So the vixen is scared because it's her third time lip syncing and she doesn't think she's going to bounce back, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the vixen gets sent home. We lose the vixen. And I really, I appreciated her packing sequins probably the most out of anyone's. It that made me cry. so hard. I love, I just, I think her message rang the most clear in this moment. It really did. And, and I think it's because she was completely like broken down yeah you know what i mean she's like processing the shock of having to go home Mm -hmm. so there's like no defenses up she doesn't have the energy to like to really like put up a fight of any kind it's just Mm -hmm. like her in that moment taking in the fact that she has to leave and it's just like i literally it put me in my feelings so fucking bad so really like i seriously i have not come close to crying this entire time during anybody's what you pack in Mm -hmm. or like packing sequins or whatever sequins passing packing sequins wow so i just like i haven't gotten close this entire time because like of course it's sad like someone's going home like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it just hasn't like taken me there but this did yeah definitely did yeah i am very thankful that we had the vixen on this season she made it very interesting she brought up a lot of amazing things that we need to talk about she is the complex female character that we deserve on this show and i I'm, I really like her, and I hope she comes to town, because I would love to see her. Me too, and I hope RuPaul's Drag Race takes everything that happened this season and it becomes better for it. Yes, please. I, I would love if the fandom could take that note also and become better mm-hmm. for it, yes. but you know, I, that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, so far, not so much, but I hold hope in my heart for the future. All right, I think that wraps up this week's coverage of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10, Episode 8. Yes. Okay, so we are on all of the social media. What is our social media? Our social media, you can reach us on Twitter at ItBearsRepeatin, no G. You can email us at ItBearsRepeatingPod at gmail.com. If you search ItBearsRepeating on Insta and Facebook, you will find us there. Yes, and as I said, we have the Facebook group. We're trying to figure out what we're doing from there. But, but still join us the, if you yeah, would like. In the meantime, that's what we're using to connect with everybody. And we love it. We love our little community there. There's a secret question. You just have to answer it. It's not hard. It's not a promise. secret. <laughs> it is to everyone who's answered Bears. Uh, <laughs> bears RuPaul. <laughs> RuPaul. <laughs> 
And we also have a website, it bears repeating podcast.com you can check us out there we have exciting things coming in the future and you want to keep your eyes peeled for those of course we're going to be very vocal about those things oh trust me you won't miss it and that's it thank you so much for listening thank you for listening i'm tom and i'm tiffany this has been it bears repeating and it does we'll see you next week see ya bye. bye